This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line for you as we launch here into another week of fun and excitement. That's my volume control, Gardner, just so you know. That's why you weren't uh, noticing any difference. How about now? Good? Better? All right. 800-259-9231. As uh, I've mentioned, Gardner Goldsmith joining us tonight. Hello. Uh, You were unfortunately absent last week, so we will get our dose of the guard dog this evening. And uh, you, of course, can join the conversation and bring up whatever it is that is interesting to you. Again, the toll-free number is 1-800-259-9231. Again, that number brought to you by SACL CAI. As always, a lot to talk about here tonight, and your topics are primary if you make the calls. Uh, over the weekend, we did a lot of talking about uh, the war on drugs, and it was just coincidental. We started talking about uh, magic mushrooms, which, for whatever reason, got a positive news story. It was a very bizarre thing to see magic mushrooms getting good press, uh, but it led to a, a long, lengthy discussion about the war on drugs, and, I, and hopefully we were persuasive and brought some people on board, though certainly that last lady that called on Saturday night, if you missed that call, you want to go back to the Saturday show and listen to it online at freetalklive.com. I don't don't think we got through to, uh, through to her, unfortunately. But uh, as always, we've got stuff to discuss here, including the police. Some stuff we, uh, stories we didn't get to on Saturday that I thought, well, there's a whole lot of corrupt cop stories and it's, it's worth it to get to some of them here. It's been a while since we've done these. So we will start things out with that, and then in the realm of the police, we'll tell you about how they've got one. Uh, they've got a new kind of camera. You know, they got those red light cameras and the speeding the cameras. cameras. Yeah. Well, there's a new one. Oh, good. And you'll never guess at what it's going to uh, check out on your car. <sighs> on the car? Yeah, you'll never guess. Um, this one's pretty obscure. They also have the, the cameras at the toll booths in case you run through them. There's don't forget, that don't forget those cameras. Um, Compliance cameras. Sure. I don't know what, what it is. We'll find out. First, let's talk about a few corrupties. Uh, this story, again, from the Drug War Chronicle, StopTheDrugWar.org in New York City. He's got little nicknames for them now. The corrupties. Like yeah. A bar owner whose surveillance video exposed bogus drug arrests by the New York Police Department is now complaining that he's being harassed by... The New York City Police Department. That's right. Eduardo Espinoza, 36, of Elmhurst, complained that police from the 110th Precinct have been regularly entering, searching, and inspecting his bar and hitting him with violations such as failure to have liquid soap in his bar bathroom. Oh, boy. The, the harassment came after a video Espinoza made available. There's a law that you have to have liquid soap. You can't have a bar of soap. In New York City, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> I bet you it's everywhere because I don't see bars of soap anywhere anymore. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't know. I'd, I'd say it's probably more likely that it's New York City more so than other things. I bet you it's, I bet you it's, uh, it's certainly farther than New York. I just wonder how far it reaches. It's a good question. Uh, this guy made available to lawyers a video. Apparently, what happened was four people were arrested for allegedly dealing $100 worth of cocaine. Showed officer has, uh, had lied when they said they had made contact with the four while in the bar. Queens prosecutors dropped the charges against the four last week, according to the Internal Affairs Bureau. So basically, he ruined their case for them. The cops were making some crap up about four people, saying that they had made a contact with these people while they were in the bar. Turns out that's not the case, and the bar owner proved that. So they had to drop the charges on these four guys. As a result, the police were pissed, and so now they've targeted this guy for retaliation. Great. And at this point... 
I guess he could consider himself lucky that he hasn't gotten beaten up. Like they've just been giving him citations and stuff like that. They could take this to the next level, and they haven't yet. Uh, but hey, that's how the business works down there in New York City. You got to get on the good side of the cops, or you're going to get shut down because they'll just make some crap up. I thought they had the mafia in New York, but I guess now they've got the police. So well, yeah, they're called the Blue Light Gang. Yeah, I think they've changed yeah. their name. Uh, there's more in Los Angeles. Three LAPD officers have been reassigned as the department investigates allegations they lied under oath in a recently dismissed drug possession case. In that case, officers Richard Amio and Evan Sanwell testified they chased uh, chased a young man into a Hollywood apartment building, saw him toss a black object, and found $260 worth of cocaine in it. But... A surveillance videotape from the apartment building showed that police didn't find anything for at least 20 minutes after additional officers arrived on the scene. One of the new arrivals was credited for the find, and on the videotape, another officer talking about the arrest report was heard to say, Be creative in your writing. After this evidence was presented in court last week, the judge dismissed the cocaine case. The now-cleared arrestee's defense attorney said the officers should be investigated for perjury and planning evidence, and the investigation is underway. Sounds right to me. (laughs) In East Chicago, Indiana, an East Chicago police officer was arrested July 3rd after a DEA source recorded him on videotape trying to buy three kilos of cocaine. Veteran officer Xavier Herrera was jailed pending a Wednesday bail hearing. According to the DEA affidavit, he was acting as the middleman in a cocaine transaction that involved a DEA informant. The DEA got interested in Herrera after a man arrested on meth charges told police he delivered 20 kilos of coke to the home of an East Chicago police officer. The suspect then placed a recorded call to Herrera in which the officer agreed to discuss another cocaine sale. So, again, this guy, a veteran police officer, fitting the profile that we've seen so many times, where a lot of these cops that get busted for corruption are not first-year rookies. Right. These guys have been on the squad for a while. And you, and how long have they been doing it is really yeah, the question. That is the question. I, you know, no way to know normally sure. I would they, defend them. the system. They know how to get around things. They, they have friends in high places. Mm-hmm. Normally I would defend a man's right to... Uh, sell cocaine if he wants to. I believe that you should be able to sell anything you want to sell um, to an adult. And, you know, the this but this instance, the man's abusing his power and he would put you in jail for it. Yeah, that's the only reason why we talk about this stuff, because we do support relegalization of drugs. It's just that these are the lowest of the lows when it comes to hypocrisy. These people say one thing and they do another. And that's it's always interesting to point this this stuff out because people believe this fantasy story that they've been told about the police. And about what? What's the fantasy uh, story? About how they're, you know, officer friendly out there just trying to help them people. Are. I, I think they're trying to help themselves well, to your stash. I, I think that that's true with some of them, and I think it's true uh, um, opposing with others. And I think that um, individually, you know, there's there's good and bad in both of them, and some of them are officer friendly some of the time, and uh, more, and, and some of them are officer friendly more of the time. And you're just talking about different people, but. When you have a situation, it's the drug. It's the drug war. That's it. Yeah. Period. The drug war is ruining the Fourth Amendment. It is uh, stifling Americans' right to deal in things that uh, they should be able to deal with, and it's putting people in jail that have never harmed anyone. Right. And it makes it so the cops lie in order to put people in jail, as we've uh, shown just from these few stories here. They're just willing to make stuff up in order to fill those jail cells with warm bodies. But you know, the very existence of the of the police force as a law enforcement entity. 
uh, I think needs to be called into question. In addition to the existence of the, the laws prohibiting uh, holding on to chemicals that can psychoactively affect your body uh, or selling them or, or making deals with them, there's the, just the existence of the police itself. And I, we're not saying that police, all police are corrupt, obviously. But the problem is that the existence of the police leads to certain problems that you can't get around if you've got government backing the police, forcibly taking people's money away from them to, to make this police protection force. It really is a lot like a protection racket. There's no way you can escape it. If I don't want to pay what my town tells me I've got to pay, what my state tells me I've got to pay, mm-hmm. I want to pay a lesser amount because I don't think I'm really being served by the police that much. Sure. Let me try to pay less. No way. Right. Uh, well, you know. I, I'll give you that uh, – uh, certainly, I'll, I'll agree that – that uh, protection is a commodity just like everything else is a commodity that people would buy and sell in a free market if, if that was the case. Now, some would say that justice will not be served if you have differ- differing police so- forces, and, and that's the kind of uh, thing that people are concerned with. I mean, sure. you know, they're, they're, they're concerned with, uh, you know, one person's security force going uh, after another person's security force and these kind of things. I'm of the opinion that... I, I would love to see a free market in uh, everything. Just, mm. just, I just want to see, yeah. you know, and let people do in in, in small city states or whatever, um, you know, do what it is that they want to do, and and we'll figure out how it works. However, I think from a practical standpoint, it's a lot easier to just talk about returning, uh, you know, let, let's let's return to to a point in America where you couldn't arrest people for just possessing things. Yeah, I like that practical approach first, and then we can approach more abstract arguments that many people don't want to approach, like the existence of the police later on. Well, but, if we uh, don't do something now, then it's just going to keep getting worse with more tyranny, more oppression, more laws, and we'll talk about one of them coming up here in moments. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. Bring up whatever you want via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it is Ian here with you. And Gar. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com, and those features include archives. As I mentioned, if you've missed a moment of the program, just go click and download right there from the front page of the website. There's no logging in. There's no membership fee, no hoops that you have to jump through. Just free stuff. You go, click and download at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project. It's your only choice for more personal freedom and smaller, less intrusive government. To learn more about joining the Second American Revolution, go to freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. And I know a lot of the guys uh, that are involved in the Free State Project went down to Washington, D.C. over the weekend. Uh, They went to the Ron Paul Freedom Rally or Revolution Rally or something. I don't know what the what it was called, but it was involving the Ron Paul people. Going to have that big march from uh, Washington Monument right over to the Capitol. Did they? Did they do that? Yeah. I know they marched somewhere. I didn't know where it was or, or what the reason was. For. I, you know, I'm not really sure what they were doing beyond just having a good time, because obviously Ron Paul at this point has pulled out of the uh, the presidential campaign. So it seems to me it was probably... Uh, a good social networking event, and that's one of the reasons why the Free Staters went there in order to reach out to those people that have been following perhaps the Ron Paul campaign but may not have heard about the Free State Project. And from what I understand, uh, it was very well received. They had a lot of brochures they were handing out to people, and they got, I think, eight sign-ups on the spot for the Free State Project. Excellent. 
So that's not wow. too shabby. And who knows? I think they said they handed out like a thousand flyers, and that'll likely turn into some signups as well. I would agree. I think it would. It's it's great for the Free State Project. I don't know what it's uh, you know the the Revolution Rally thing is is going to accomplish. I think that the uh, Washington the people in Washington the 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 evil bureaucrat or the evil politicians that are there in the uh, um, you know in the halls of power. I don't think they really care much about those things, but yeah. I do think that uh, it's good to show them sure, you know, sure. that we care a little bit. Something's I mean, happening. Maybe yeah, it'll yeah. make them think twice, or at least for a moment, before they I, uh, pass the next onerous law. I really want to get out to that thing they're going to do out in uh, September, uh, apart from the Republican convention thing. Ron, Ron and I was talking with Rand, his son, on, on my show Friday. And, oh, they're uh, doing their own convention, Yeah, they're right? going to have their own convention. It's <laughs> going to be a blast. I, I think I might get a ticket. It's going to be fun. Oh, cool. Well, uh, let me continue here. The story we started, because there's so many corrupt cop stories this week. I want to make sure we get them all out there. This is all in a week's uh, period of time here. In Indianapolis, this is from StopTheDrugWar.org, a Metropolitan Police narc was arrested on June 27th for selling a weapon to a snitch with a felony record after that snitch snitched him out. Officer Jason Barber, an eight-year veteran, became the fourth Indy police officer to be arrested. Three others were busted June 16th for ripping off pot and cash from dealers. Barber went down after the state police turned his snitch and sent him in with a wire and $110 in marked cash to buy a 25 cali- uh, caliber handgun. Barber sold it to him despite knowing of his fel- felonious record. And again, I don't think there's a problem with right. a felon owning a weapon. But at the same time, I think there's time, a problem with a felon using a weapon in the commission of a crime. Yeah. But I don't think that there's a problem with him owning a weapon anymore right than I think there's a problem with anyone owning a weapon. Again, well, if they if they don't trust the guy to be safe in public to be able to have a gun, then why are they releasing him out into the public? Because right. uh, look, I'm a felon, right. and tonight I can go get a gun. I can go. I can come to your town, and within a few days, I'm sure I can get a gun. Right. All you have to do is check the newspaper. Apparently, people. all you have to do is know the right cop. Which is why we're pointing this well, out. Well, that's the craziest part of this is why did the cop, you know, I mean, he wanted I, 110 bucks, man. Yeah, but that that's really the thing. Is it's just <laughs> it doesn't take a lot to bribe, you know, to bribe a, the right well, cops. He I, he probably said to himself, this guy can get a gun anywhere. Might as well be me. Yeah. <laughs> In New York City, two Riker Island prison guards were fired last month for smuggling marijuana, alcohol, and tobacco into the prison for an accused cop killer. Corrections officers were fired for supplying the contraband to inmate Lee Woods as he awaited trial for gunning down a New York police officer. They aren't accused of large-scale smuggling, and the case has been blah, blah, blah. In Lexington, Kentucky, another jail guard resigned after being charged with promotion of contraband. Uh, He's accused of smuggling illegal drugs into the jail, and it's part of a federal investigation that has so far led five other jail guards being uh, to be charged with beating inmates and covering it up. There's just no shortage of nastiness here. Finally, in Shreveport... Louisiana, a former police sergeant, was convicted on drug delivery charges, could net him up to 30 years in prison. A jury took less than two hours to convict Sergeant Ricky Moore of providing cocaine and prescription pain pills to a dancer at a local strip club. (laughs) The dancer turned police informant and conversations and voicemails she recorded with Moore helped to convict him. So did the surveillance video from the club. See, she was one of these good girls that's just trying to pay for college. (laughs) Apparently, uh, they showed him giving drugs to the stripper turned snitch. He was a patrol sergeant and a 17-year veteran of the 17, department. once yeah. again. So there you go. Well, <laughs> The corruption doesn't ever end. As long as there is a war on drugs <laughs> or anything that's prohibited. I mean, fe- anything prohibited. Felons prohibited from owning firearms. The cops are operating in that arena. Yeah. 
So whatever it is you prohibit, you're going to drive underground. And when you drive something underground, those who are sworn to be the enforcers are in many cases the frontline providers of those very products and services. You know, I was asking some people when they came out with the Supreme Court decision on the Louisiana death penalty for um, uh, they call child, them child rapists, mm-hmm. which I think is a total mangling of the language. I didn't know that children are out committing all these rapes. I, I believe they mean <laughs> rapists of children. Uh, and uh, and I said, look, you know, um, whether or not the death penalty is cruel and unusual punishment on a constitutional level, can we just ask the question? I went over into the death penalty itself. And I said, uh, if you are opposed to the death penalty because you don't want the state to take an innocent life, are you also opposed to armed police officers supported by tax money? And people were calling in saying, oh, Gardner, that's apples and oranges. I said, wait a minute. If the end result is the death of an innocent individual because a police officer has used his weapon, even in Mm -hmm. self-defense, what he believes to be self-defense, the result is you have subsidized the death of an innocent person. Now, if you think that it is some sort of a, a, a deterrent to crime, then you're not acting on your principles then, are you? You're shading it then. If it's on principle, you don't want the state to take a life, then you cannot support armed police officers because armed police officers have and will take more innocent lives than have ever been taken in They'll the death penalty cases. Well, That's right. I, I think that a, a man, uh, and I don't care whether he's a police officer or not, has the right to defend himself with a weapon. Sometimes that man is going to be mistaken. Yeah. And if so, he should be held responsible. So what I um, am against is police officers not being held responsible for for their actions. I am not against police officers having weapons. I am against the uh, the state uh, t- taking um, innocent lives. I think they tie together, though. You know, again, if you're against the state taking innocent lives, uh, then perhaps you have to be against a police force that's funded by the state because the, the police will most likely be the one that is, uh, in all probability, more likely to take an innocent life than the, than well, the court system. From a philosophical standpoint, I can yeah. certainly understand where you're coming from, that, uh, you know, that, that the idea that we're forced to fund a single organization that has a monopoly on security, and they, they really do have, if they don't have a monopoly, they have, certainly have an, a, a distinct operating advantage over yes. other security companies, and yeah, um, that they're monopolized to use the the force and they have the force of law behind them i'm i'm i understand that it's just that it's reality and it exists today and i'm only for a practical solution yeah. for moving towards you know more free markets speaking of funding the police department uh, they've got a new method to extract more money from people always you know, they're so innovative when it comes to that they love to innovate new ways to take money from you we'll tell you what kind of cameras they're going to be deploying in a city near you in moments Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show. You can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. The features on the site are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. Those features include the Shrine of Female Listeners, the dozens of ladies who sent us their validated photo to prove they listen to the show. Just go to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. If you're in business for yourself... 
stop and think for a moment about your accounts receivable. Uh, SACL CAI is a big supporter of the show. They're the biggest supporter of the show. The show would uh, not be operating in the fashion that it is without uh, Jason Osborne and SACL CAI. Please uh, consider how you can do some business with SACL CAI. Um, They handle accounts receivable. They do uh, early out billing, collections, and uh, they purchase charged-off receivables. So you can just sell them your your accounts receivable. That's SACL CAI. They have a banner at freetalklive.com. It's the um, top one on the page. And do business with business support Free Talk Live. Thanks. 800-259-9231. We continue here. What is it that this new camera that we've been mentioning so far will be snapping pictures of? What do you think? It's going to be your vehicle. I took a guess off the air and I was wrong. Mark, any idea? They've got um, speeding. They've got that one. They've got the the license plate. Registration. Camera. It checks your registration. To see if you're up to date. No, not that either. Here you go. Here's a story from thenewspaper.com. New tire tread measuring system promises to mail tickets to motorists for tire tread that's a fraction of an inch too short. Now that speed camera use is established in Europe and parts of the U.S., the concept of automated ticketing is beginning to expand far beyond moving violations. I mean, why write you one ticket when they can write (laughs) ten? (laughs) <laughs> Already, automated ticketing machines are deployed in the U.S. to hit vehicles that overstay in a parking spot by a minute or have excessive tailpipe emissions. The newest addition to this growing list is a camera that scans the tires of passing cars and mails tickets if the depth of a tire tread is deficient by a fraction of an inch. Although not currently deployed, the German company Pro Contour hopes to sell this system to state and local governments looking for a way out of tight budget situations with a positive pro-safety message. Yeah. <laughs> Pro Contour states on its website, quote, Car tires are technically the number one cause of car accidents in Germany. An average of four, technically. An average technically. of four car accidents occur daily with personal injuries as the result of smooth or defective tires. The company claims its combination of a laser and high-speed camera Lasers. is capable of taking measurements at 430 million points on a tire each second. As the tire moves, the distance between the camera and the object changes, allowing the system to create a three-dimensional profile of the tire. The software can then calculate not just the depth of the tread, but also whether the tire itself was designed for summer or winter use. The manufacturer has tested equipment... Or Damn t- spiffy little machine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it can tell the depth of tire tread while, while it's you're moving. moving. God. That is amazing. And tell whether or not you've got winter, winter or summer tires on. Yeah, eat your are heart out, Eastman Kodak. <laughs> are there different laws for winter and summer car um, uh, tread? Maybe. I mean, I bet there is. The manufacturer has tested measurement accuracy at speeds up to 75 miles an hour, but believes the technology would work at higher speeds. European Union regulations authorize the imposition of a fine up to 160 U.S. dollars whenever the tread depth of one of a vehicle's four tires measures less than 0.06 inches. In Germany, drivers can also be ticketed for using tires that are unsuitable. And that means using a summer tire during the winter season carries a stiff fine. So so even just having your summer tires on for too long is going to get you a ticket. So I I take it that the Goodyear, Goodrich equivalent over in that country must be lobbying hard for the use of these things. I don't know if there's a law like that in New Hampshire, but I left uh, my all seasons on mm-hmm. yeah, the first season I came here. You know, I I considered getting these uh, snow tires, but I didn't know whether to get studs or not studs. And you know, like I was just gonna I was gonna try it out uh, and, and see how things work. Well, uh, the first uh, freeze of the season was on uh, <laughs> the evening of uh, you know the January the first, and uh, while headed home from a party where at which my wife did not drink, um, 
She hit a patch of black ice and oh my. off oh. the car went into a, oh, I a tree. That. Yeah. So there's a system for punishing people who don't, um, <laughs> you know, get their tires taken yeah, care of. Yeah, but the state doesn't system. make money off you of that. You mean insurance no. and premium payments and things like no, that? No, no. Destroyed cars. Dying. Oh, destroyed cars. Yeah. Yes. And, Crashes. And, yeah, mm, yeah. 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 yeah, well, but that, since the state owns the roads, and since your presence on the road could affect someone else, they can tell you how you're going to have to behave. Just like if they take over the healthcare industry, they'll tell you what to eat. Uh, you know, I was looking over the old uh, piece by F. Paul Wilson, Lipid Legging, which he did back in like 1971. And the introduction for it is in one of his short story collections. The introduction for it is so great because he said, he's a doctor. He said, you know, I was watching Ted Kennedy pushing for this socialized health care plan back mm -hmm. in the 70s. And I imagined, what would it be like if we had the government paying everybody's health care bills? And so I extrapolated it. And basically they outlaw certain fats, fatty right. foods, all these things. And look at New York City. Look at England. All these things. It's happening now. It's unbelievable what is going Isn't on it? because the government gets involved with health care, or at least they have the mindset that we all pay. So there you go. And the, there's nothing the that can't be regulated. There's nothing yeah. that they don't want to control, that they don't want under their purview. And, and by the way, the last portion of this story says that uh, their system can be used in both fixed and mobile locations. So you could actually mount one of these checkers onto a police car if you wanted to and mm. have a cop drive around. You know, what are you pulling me over for, officer? Well, I've determined your tire treads. I think are the police low. are going to have so much to watch, they'll be dangerous out on the roads. You know, they have their computers, they've got the phones, they've mm. got their speed trap things, they'll have those things. Too busy, too busy. I, I say pare it all down, park them facing a wall, and just let them listen to the radio. Let them listen <laughs> to you guys. <laughs> yeah, I'd certainly much prefer that to be happening. So look for this uh, coming to possibly a city near you, because if these guys uh, are successful at marketing their system, Governments around the country will be gobbling them up. I mean, they'll smell the money. Yep. This pro-contour contour con uh, company will come in, make a presentation, and say, hey, this government over in Germany has increased their revenues by X just by implementing the pro-contour system. And they'll, uh, of course, the bureaucrats will salivate over the uh, extra money they could be making. Well, you know, and the problem, the problem with a lot of these systems, and I don't know how it would work exactly with these tires, the problem is, is generally it's difficult to predict how the market is going to react to to things and how you know what the reality is going to be once they you know pull out these uh, expensive tire you know measuring machines but when it's come to uh, machines that say uh, check uh, you know people whether people are running red lights well what happens is people start slamming on their brakes when mm -hmm. they, you know if they know that the, every time they go through a red light they're going to get a ticket they start mm -hmm. slamming on their brakes at yellow lights it happens sure. then what happens is the incidence of rear endings go up at red lights. Mm. So the, we're, we're in more danger from these cameras in that case. And so then what happens is the municipality says, holy crap, we were getting a certain amount of revenue out of uh, red lights. Now we right. need that revenue. We've been, we've been, with people's jobs right. will be lost. Because it's so not they'll about pare safety. Down, right. It's not about safety. It's about revenue Money. generation. They'll pare down the amount of time that a yellow light lasts. There's not some kind of national standard for this. So they'll just shorten the yellow light. So that more people will be caught, so that their numbers will go up, right. and then what happens? More people slam on their brakes, and you know they they get used to it, and then they just keep on paring down that yellow light by you know half a second every whatever, and and it creates all kinds of problems. Wow. 
It's about revenue generation. Yeah, I don't know if this particular camera will have as much fallout because it's not as dependent on, uh, you know, as far as immediate safety at a a location. You can see that the speeding cameras aren't, uh, you know, they they don't increase revenue because although in the short period of time they do, but in a long period of time people realize where the speeding cameras are and they stop going so fast. Right, if this were about safety, if any of this were about safety, then the governments would be cheering uh, when, you know, the revenue went down. They would say, this is awesome Congratulations, citizens. You've become docile and obedient, and now you're safer than you've ever been. But nobody says that. Nobody is cheering for the safety factor of these camera systems. It's just, oh, what happened to our revenue? Well, let's add some more cameras, and maybe that'll help make it back. I mean, if they haven't pulled the cameras down, they'll, you know, they'll hire this company to come in and put some more cameras up so they can ticket you for five more things. Uh, and as they said at the beginning of the story, they've already got cameras that uh, do things I didn't know they had. Uh, if you overstay in a parking spot, you'll be ticketed. Uh, if you've got excessive tailpipe emissions, they can, te- they can check that, too. So... Just a matter of time now before they've got you from bumper to bumper. Coming and going. 800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line for you. You can take control of the airwaves and bring up whatever you want. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live still to come. The FCC and free speech. We'll talk about it. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up what you want via the toll-free number 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Yard. And Mark. That number, by the way, brought to you by SACL CAI. Toll-free 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and want to help support Free Talk Live, then we invite you to shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. Enter Amazon through that link, and Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase, whatever it is that you're purchasing, uh, whether it be in the 41 categories of brand-new items or even a used item. Free Talk Live will get a percentage if you enter through amazon.freetalklive.com. So, uh, Gardner, of course, your, yes, calls are, uh, your calls are primary if you make them. In the meantime, we go to stuff that we find interesting. You've got a story about the FCC <laughs> allegedly, I mean, if the public was to believe what they're saying, they would be fighting for free speech, or at least that's what they want you to think, right? Oh, yes. The FCC is on your side. Yeah, this is something that I noticed. Because they care about free Friday. speech. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I was off the air, and uh, Is, isn't what the FCC does uh, limit free speech? <laughs> I know that's, that's the think. whole point. Yeah. You know, uh, government does nothing but limit, and uh, and of course, uh, unfortunately, with with money, expand the money supply and and limit your buying power. But um, the the FCC Friday there was a report and came out from the Associated Press that at first blush, for a lot of people, especially if they're sort of um, maybe teenagers just hearing about free speech rights and stuff. It's a big blow against corporate America. The mm. government standing up for our free speech rights. First Amendment, blah, blah, blah. What it is is, and I believe this is the first case. I need to do some more research on this. I believe this is the first instance that I've seen thus far of the FCC stepping in and basically punishing an Internet provider, influencing what can or cannot be said over the internet Mm. and this is a much bigger story than i think people understand uh in the pop media i haven't seen anything of this what they did was uh here's the headline fcc chief hopes comcast sanction serves as warning 
This is bad news. A shot across the bow. Very, very bad news for anybody who believes in freedom and getting the government out of the radio spectrum, telecommunications, or the Internet. Well, I'm not sure that I consider it very, very bad news, but I I consider it uh, something something of a concern. Oh, yeah. Go go ahead. To me, this this is the camel getting under the tent. It says, a recommendation. Stamp camels. Yes. A recommendation to punish Comcast Corp for blocking subscribers' Internet traffic should serve as a warning to other service providers. The nation's top telecommunications regulator said Friday. FCC Commission Chairman Kevin Martin said he hopes his action will make network operators sensitive about putting, quote, (laughs) arbitrary limits on the way consumers can access information on the Internet. Here's the story. The Associated Press reported Thursday night that Martin will recommend to his fellow commissioners that Comcast, the nation's largest cable company, be punished for violating agency principles that guarantee customers open access to the Internet. Comcast was accused by consumer groups of blocking peer-to-peer Internet traffic, where users share large data files using special software that's mysterious and weird. Torrents, for instance, would Hmm. be an example of this, as uh, we use torrents on our website they have uh, Comcast has, from what I understand, they never blocked it back when I had Comcast service. But mm-hmm. uh, from what I understand, they've blocked some of the ports yeah. that uh, these torrents are being run on. And they, I guess, their reasoning is, um, I don't know if they mentioned this in the story, but I'm somewhat speculating. I think it's one of two things, maybe both. Uh, maybe they're doing it for the RIAA to try to stop yeah, piracy, probably. or maybe it's just the bandwidth requirements. Maybe it's just that we've heard that BitTorrent is something like a significant percentage. What was it, 50% or something like that of uh, the world's bandwidth at any given moment in time? Like these files that are transferring over peer-to-peer yeah. are a significant percentage of bandwidth. And so maybe that's one of the things that they're doing is they're trying to s- simply reduce the overhead uh, on their system by sure. cutting back on sure. this particular traffic. So, I, I, I don't agree with what they what they did. With their policy itself. Right. right. But it is their policy, and we as, as people who believe in freedom say, you guys choose your policy, and the customers will decide whether they right. go with you or not. It's I'll called call DSL. And exactly. And, and so what's happening here, uh, and it's, it's very interesting because the, it says Comcast was accused by consumer groups of blocking peer-to-peer Internet traffic where users share large data files using special software. The complaint followed an AP investigation in October. Boy, toot your own horn, AP. Thank you for this great reporting. Mm-hmm. But um, anyway, the deal is that they're saying that Comcast is blocking this, this peer-to-peer file-sharing stuff, and now the FCC is punishing them. For doing this, for private companies that allow you access to an electronic data flow, saying, well, we're going to allow you access to this, but not to this. This is our policy. If you mm-hmm. like it, then you, you know, you'll stay with us. If you don't like it, I mean, when, are they going to approach McDonald's and say, I'm sorry, you have to give more fries if somebody mm-hmm. orders the, the Happy Meal? I mean, get, this is absolutely unbelievable, and it is a way that – and it, it all has to do eventually with getting this net neutrality nonsense in, where the private right. companies cannot charge more for – faster access and special programs that they might provide some of their higher-paying customers. Uh, To me, it's their prerogative, and if somebody wants to pay more, they can do better. But this is one of the worst things I could have ever heard for free speech. I agree with you. It's going to get worse. Those people that are out there that are rallying in favor of this particular decision, that are uh, cheering from the rooftops saying, Yeah, you show them Comcast fools, FCC. You're in favor of free speech. That's great. Well, well... 
mm-hmm. there's a, this is a slippery slope, right? Because, I mean, while this may on its face appear to be uh, something good to some people because, you know, they don't like Comcast for whatever reason. Well, because they want to say what they want to say, too. <laughs> right. It's right. it's the next step to say, well, now the FCC can determine what is and what is not appropriate speech on the precisely, Internet. Precisely. And can precisely. step in and start regulating that. If the yeah. FCC can regulate one aspect of the Internet, then it's, it's case or case law or whatever they call it. Precedent. They, Precedent yeah. to say they can regulate other aspects yeah, it's, of it's, content. It's been established. If they can, if they can move to help, they can move to hurt. And and this is not only is this unconstitutional uh, in in the idea that just because this is going over state state boundaries, they think that they can regulate this. I mean, patently ridiculous. Uh, but it's also unconstitutional in that this is the Federal Communications Commission. This is a commission that was created by Congress. Congress is prohibited under the Constitution from ceding any of their powers to any other entity. First of all, it's not even one of their powers. You know, James Madison would have been grabbing a pitchfork and and, uh, putting it through the the spleen of these people, you know. But even if one assumes that it is a congressional power to regulate some telecommunication stuff that's going over the Internet, uh, they cannot, they are prohibited from creating other entities and giving them their power. They can't do this, but they're doing it anyway. Well, you know, what would happen if Comcast just said, you know what, we're tired of all this regulation. We're just going to go ahead and shut down our Internet provider service. Not, not that they're going to do that, because mm. clearly there's plenty of money in it. A lot it, of money to be made. And a few regulations not going to stop that money from uh, being made. So they're going to put up with a whole bunch of crap. But what if they did that? Then would the FCC demand that they keep their bit, their doors open? And you know, Because it's uncompetitive about, to shut down? And think about the politicians, how long they can drag this out. All this stuff about Internet neutrality. I'm sure people have seen the YouTube video of, of Ted Kennedy when he wasn't picking up a scotch or something like that on there on saying about uh, we need uh, a net uh, neutrality uh, because uh, the poor uh, they have to have the same access to uh, the internet to to watch their uh, porn it's a lot of fun or whatever you know um, and and how many times have we seen that it's been going on for a long time these politicians they can use this as leverage to then get campaign contributions from the companies they're gonna they're gonna shake down. And they just yeah. drag it out and drag it out. Oh, well, you know, it hasn't been voted on yet. Mm. Count on me. I'll be back on <laughs> you. It's well, thank goodness. I mean, at least it's slow. You know, the, the, the rise of tyranny has not been fast. <laughs> Take their not in this time. country, no. The rise yeah. of tyranny. That's great. Oh, oh, man. So anyway, yeah, that's the story. Yeah, I'm sorry and, to uh, hear about that, Gardner. That's yeah, unfortunate yeah. news. Yeah, I, I, I would say I'd post it over at Liberty Conspiracy, which is the website that, that uh, I'm running. We're doing an update over at Liberty Conspiracy. So, and um, from what I understand, I may not be, but that's what, libertyconspiracy.com is Indeed, your website. Uh, libertyconspiracy.com if you want more, Gardner. Uh, did you, have you been getting your archives up there? Yeah, finally. We're getting it back. back okay, in good order. deal. Yeah. Good deal. So you can actually listen to Gardner's excellent show, Against the Grain. It's a weekday program. You can get that also at libertyconspiracy.com. But what unfortunate news. Uh, the internet, as I understood the story, and I could be wrong, you know, I didn't pay the closest attention to it. But as somebody who runs torrents on my website, we have torrents for an You can dial, download an entire month of the show in torrent form at freetalklive.com. Awesome. So I am somewhat paying attention to this. And. From what I understand, the BitTorrent community's already figured out a way around it. So Comcast said, all right, we're going to block these ports so you can't uh, use BitTorrent or you can't use these other clients on, on our service. But from what I understand, BitTorrent came up with encryption 
to where the ports are encrypted or whatever the whatever it is that they're, mm. I, don't, I don't know if I'm using the right technical terms, but whatever technology it is they're using is now being obscured from Comcast, and so Comcast essentially they can't identify the packets as being BitTorrent packets right. now because they're obscured by by encryption. So the government's so, behind the ball anyway. Right, right. <laughs> so technology had already gotten past this particular little issue. The hackers will always figure a way around. 800-259-9231 is the SACL CAI toll-free line, which is the good news. Uh, if they do regulate the Internet, as you say, the hackers will find a way uh, to freedom. But still, we don't want the regulations because that's just going to increase costs and taxes. And Hour 2 is coming up. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online from my desk with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try. Free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. WebEx.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free. Uh, so enjoy those on us. You know, I just realized, Mark, I don't know how long it's been like this, but my uh, my internet messaging capabilities are not fully connected. I don't know if you can see GCN over where you are, uh, but I'm having some trouble. So for all I know, we've got calls on hold, but I don't even know about them. So we'll try to remedy that uh, during the next break and see if we can iron out these technical difficulties. If you're holding and we don't know it, uh, we will get with you at, at, at some point. Anyway, toll-free number here, 800 259 9231. Coming up here, uh, Gardner, you've got a story, I guess, yeah. about uh, how the government is trying to get, stop people from talking bad about the economy. Uh, Tom, stop talking smack on that economy, man. Yeah, I'd like to know uh, a little bit more about how that's working. And so we are going to check in with that particular story. Plus, we might talk a little bit about legalizing drunk driving if we get a chance. Uh, but, Mark, you're saying we do have calls on the line. Yep, there's uh, Bill in Oklahoma. Let's go and talk to Bill in Oklahoma. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Bill. Hello, gentlemen. How are you doing hey. this evening? Great. What's on your mind tonight? Well, two things, and I'll make them both brief. Um, in the last segment, you were talking about technologies that uh, we are using to uh, circumvent the ban on BitTorrent. And you are partially correct. We are using encryption technology uh, to encrypt the files so that there's no way of knowing exactly what type of file uh, format we're distributing amongst each other. Now, but more importantly Bill, than that... Bill, um, we, we had said that, that, the, uh, that apparently some hackers uh, have, have uh, figured out how to do this. Are you calling on behalf of the hackers? Uh, I'll plead the fifth. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
the second part uh, to that is we are able to do what's called port forwarding. Uh, basically, what that uh, entails in layman's terms is if uh, BitTorrent is set to send and, send and receive uh, traffic on a set port, we can, in, uh, in some cases, it depends on the software, we can move that port over so that we can mimic other types of traffic. For instance, uh, we can make it look like that traffic that's coming and going from the, uh, from the individual servers uh, looks like uh, web browsing traffic. So it's cloaked. So, it, looks as, it looks like other normal Internet traffic when, in fact, it is BitTorrent. And I was actually looking at the Internet or the Free Talk Live amped-only chat room during the news break, and one of our chatters said that he's been using, uh, using BitTorrent over Comcast connections for a long time, and he's never had any trouble. So apparently this uh, new regulation or whatever that Comcast tried to put on its users didn't even have an, it, you know, it didn't even affect them. Like, they didn't even notice it. The, the <laughs> BitTorrent people were so on top of things as far as maybe coming out with updated software that protects their users, it didn't really even become an issue beyond just being a news item about how they are supposedly uh, limiting the traffic. But in, if, in reality, the, they've already worked around it, so this is all a non-issue. So once again, the FCC as a government agency jumping up, uh, kind of running in front of a yeah. parade uh, in order to make itself sound like it's doing something. Of course, you're talking about a story we discussed last hour where the FCC has sanctioned Comcast for restricting traffic over its network. And as you pointed out, Gardner, this is a you know the opening salvo of the coming world of regulating the Internet that yeah. uh, the, gov- the federal government wants to do so badly yeah and it's 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 coming because they're trying they're going to regulate the companies but the assumption is going to be of course if they can regulate the companies then they can regulate what you say because the assumption is that they can regulate the companies because the government has the power they go over state borders and if if they can um you know if if a company can't limit free speech in um in its workplace or you know in in doing its business Absolutely. then you know cuz the, the freedom of speech in this country is a limit on the government the government can't limit your free speech you can't come to work at my company and then decide you're going to say whatever you want to say i've got choices there um you know but actually the government would would probably get involved if if they were saying you know depending on what they said mm-hmm. but you know it it shouldn't be i should be able to limit it's certainly on uh, you know company time and you know as far as i'm concerned off company time to what employees say because i am in a uh, a deal with them i've made a i've, I've negotiated a deal and uh, just and, because they're they're an yeah. employee they can leave anytime they want from whatever i say and, you know, i got to say, Mark, uh, this brings to mind, after the uh, Supreme Court decision recently in, um, in the Heller case in Washington, D.C., the gun case, mm-hmm. all the conservatives were applauding in a similar way. I think uh, the, the really tricky government bureaucrats and statists uh, have been doing things to make people applaud them at first to say, oh, great, you're supporting your rights and mm-hmm. so on and so forth. And this is a great example. Since we're talking about rights, I just want to bring this up briefly, guys. Uh, which is this. If you look at Scalia's majority decision in the Heller case, uh, Scalia spent 66 pages defending the individual right to keep and bear arms on a historical level, when he could have done it in a paragraph on logical level, saying that, look, it's not a collective right because rights are inherently individual. Collectives can be always reduced down to the individuals therein, so therefore the collectives can't have rights. Done. I'm done. But instead he went through this historic thing, and that's nice. There's a lot of historic, historical stuff that's very valid. Fine. Then at the end, after spending all this time defending the individual or trying to prove that it's an individual right, he says, but of course rights can be limited. 
So hence, you get all these people now with free speech. He says, you know, it's the same sort of thing as, well, you can't shout fire in a crowded theater. Oh, geez. You know, that sort of nonsense. Well, that's that's the implication. Uh, And and people talking about his decision will bring that up. That one is such a cliche. Uh, Bill, thank you for the call tonight. I appreciate you calling in there to remind us that the the, uh, the technology geeks out there are on the ball, and they're doing what it takes to ensure that... uh, Files continue to transfer hey, the internet, but yeah, that was that was the next one. Think think about this one. It was about a year ago that Newt Gingrich, when he was invited up for the First Amendment award in New Hampshire, came out and said, "You know, we might have to reassess this First Amendment thing in limits. the light of terrorism." Right. Yes, well, I think I think people do want to uh, talk about the sh- shouting uh, fire in a crowded theater. Well, it's uh, a cliche issue. because it's private property. Exactly. They, they always bring that one up as though that 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 is what it is that justifies uh, limiting free speech. Right. So let's let's look at that specifically. In that um, the, the First Amendment, the, uh, guaranteeing the right to free speech, is a limit on the government. government right. It's not a limit on what you know uh, two people. Um, do in their you know their free activities. So I own a theater. A guy uh, you know comes into my theater, shouts fire, um, and I don't care what they're shouting. Right in so my theater. If, if they're yelling and I don't like what them shouting, what they're shouting, then uh, I can kick them out. You can Excuse have a me, policy sir. about disruption. Excuse me, you're just weird. Nobody sees a fire. Get out. Right. Yeah. But let's assume that he um, the worst, and that uh, you know what people are concerned with is that he creates a stampede. People get up. There's there's people injured. Um, all kinds of things like that. I think that a uh, you know a, a court or, a, or say an arbitration organization, somebody, a judge, a jury, somebody could figure out, well, look, this guy took an action that um, either malicious or just simply, uh, you know, mistaken that resulted in um, people's be, people being hurt. Now, if he was mistaken, I think that there would be a mitigation to the um, to that. Mm-hmm. And if if he was just being a jerk, I think there would be exacerbation to the uh, the punishment that he would get. And, and the, but and he the... would be responsible for the people that he harmed in the same way that if you make a mistake on the road and end up crashing your car into someone and hurting them, well... You're responsible for well, it. You know, that's a great point because you look at what would happen if that did happen. Would the guy be able to get insurance afterwards? No. And and would anybody else, if they didn't have a policy that said very plainly, you know, we have certain rules here. If you break these rules, you breach the contract. Then you know you are in breach of contract. They would not get insurance for their buildings, for their businesses. Their rates would have to go up if they didn't have certain policies in place that said, "Look, we have standards of behavior in this place. You don't throw knives, you don't start fires, you don't do all this ir- reckless behavior. You don't need the government to come up with spontaneously and organically created rules that people come up with themselves when they associate with each other. The government impedes these things from being created. Mm. It's the same thing with Newt Gingrich with this First Amendment thing. You know, this guy. And, and I tell you, with this decision from the FCC on Comcast, this could open it up because, and you know, it, it's it's well, they've been cr- down the line. You use the. Uh you, you suggested it was the uh, camel nosing, nosing under the tent. It's already been happening in in certain places. Obviously, the uh, the world of piracy has given them, them an excuse to, uh, to to enter into the world of regulation. Of course, the the always uh, overhanging specter of child pornography. That's another one that has uh, gotten them uh, involved and and into regulating. And so this is yet another one of the multi pronged uh, camel's nose that is under the tent and. It is going to get worse. Got to watch out for those angry pirates, too. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This is 
Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line for you. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Garn. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, we give them away. And those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version of the show and dial-up version, both free for you at freetalklive.com. So enjoy those on us. Travel less and meet online. Try WebEx free. Go to webex.com and enter the promo code 600 to start your free trial of WebEx. That's webex, W-E-B-E-X.com. Enter promo code 600 and start your free trial of WebEx today. Also, you'll find out how you'll get a free webcam. With yeah, free you know, if you're thinking about trying, uh, you know, to have a meeting with someone over the phone or you, you need to sort of show them something on your desktop, this is a great way to do it. Awesome idea. Web, uh, Webex.com, 800-259-9231. All right, so uh, barring your phone calls about what you want, we continue with the discussion here. Gardner. Uh, with a yeah. story about the government trying to stop people from talking bad about the economy, yeah. or at least certain people, right? What's yeah, going on? Yeah, you know, over the weekend with all the things happening with this IndyMac uh, lending institution out on the West Coast, and then Freddie Mac and Fannie Mae, uh, all these things um, that have been occurring due to a lot of the mortgage crises that were brought about because they had very low interest rates for so long with the central bank. Uh, the... The IndyMac meltdown is being blamed by conservative talk show hosts and some people in the media, like ABC talked about it over the weekend. Rush Limbaugh, on, I think, talked about it his whole show today. Yeah, it's all being blamed on Chuck Schumer uh, releasing a letter to the public at the end of June. Uh, Chuck Schumer's on the Commerce Committee in the Senate, uh, on the Banking Committee in the Senate, and and uh, Schumer basically questions some of the uh, some of the fundamentals of this bank, the IndyMac bank. Now, IndyMac is a was a created subsidiary of um, of uh, of a particular institution that has some special ties with Chris Dodd, who's on the banking committee. Okay. So this is a whole sort of pattern of corruption, and you know, it's so on and so forth. Their parent company gave Chris Dodd seventy thousand dollars for his reelection campaign. Hey, all right. Uh, so it's, what about his it's, presidential it's, campaign? Yeah, it's a bit of a long story, but uh, essentially, what's going on is when Schumer revealed this information, that bank was not on any list. They have a list of all the banks that uh, the, uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission has a list of the banks that seem risky. Mm-hmm. For some reason, that bank wasn't on there. Someone pulled some strings. Hmm, I wonder if Chris Dodd could have been involved. Anyway. Well, what happened so, with the bank, if, in case you don't know, yeah. was they, uh, from what I understand, I haven't really done deep digging on this, but they there was a run. Yeah. Like a bunch of people came into this bank to 1. try to get their money. 1.8 billion dollars is a real run. They, That's they, right. huge. They a bunch of people came in to try to get their money out of this bank. They couldn't pay up to the depositors and they crashed. Exactly. And, and now the feds have essentially nationalized this bank. Is that right? That's exactly it. And uh, essentially what they're doing is, is uh, there are two things. We'll get back to the to Chuck Schumer and how that ties in with the Securities Exchange Commission trying to stop people from bad mouthing or what they what they think is spreading false rumors about lending institutions. But we'll get to that in a second. So uh, as far as the course of events goes, uh, after Schumer's letter, uh, as you said, a lot of people went to draw their money out. Now most of those people were probably the big money people because the smaller money people. Under $100,000, they believe, oh, well, we're insured we're by insured. the FDIC. So the big money guy's like, we're getting out. 
So people ought to recognize that the FDIC helps contribute to an even faster an even faster liquidation of the banks and an imbalance in their in their deposit depository notes because people get their stuff out who are the big guys more quickly and they have mm. more of an incentive to get that information. But anyway, um, so what ends up happening is the conservatives are all saying that now that Chuck Schumer, the New York senator, is responsible for the collapse of this bank. When everybody knows they had a, a total imbalance of liquidity versus demands by depositors, but but now but this he bank shouldn't have did, said anything. And most banks do. That's yeah, what they're many saying banks, is, many banks do. Yeah, well, because uh, so of the fractional reserve banking. He, yeah, it, it was, yeah, and and because they got FDIC, they got FDIC insurance, and right. and the Federal Reserve got rates so low around two thousand three, two thousand four. They're just playing by the rules. I mean, the, the right. rules say that they can do this fractional reserve thing, which essentially says that for every dollar they take in, they can lend out ten. Right. And so it's easy for them to get into this position where they've lent out all this money that doesn't really exist in their vaults, and. They, Really, it's just a matter of chance whether or not people come in and call them on the uh, call them on the carpet right, for this. Exactly. And so what they're saying is that because the Schumer character put out this uh, notice, that he's responsible, he's responsible because he was telling people what was really going on. He should have just kept his mouth shut, and then people wouldn't have gotten wise to the situation. Right. That's that what the they're deal? saying. That's exactly what they're saying. I don't think they're wise to the situation because well, something they believe, spooked them, right? They right, went and they got their money. Sure. The, but yes, they were spooked because and Schumer... And it was this letter, allegedly. Well, that's what they say. But, that's uh, what, see, that's, see, what is going on, really, is they're setting this up because the people who are involved with the Securities and Exchange Commission and the Banking Commission and, the, and all those agencies down there, whether they're in the Senate or the Congress or they're agencies created by Congress, um, they are not... They don't have the capacity to be able to control this now. They they can't do this. All they can do is shift the cost to the taxpayers and try to push it down the line to make other people who weren't involved with all these misallocations and, and adjustable rate mortgages have to pay the fare for the people who screwed up and the banks that overlent. So what they're doing now is they're trying to basically come up with straw dogs. Oh, it's Chuck Schumer's fault. It's not the fault of the, the mechanism that has been created since Roosevelt's mm-hmm. time of centralized banking, of all this nonsense. That's not the problem. It's Chuck Schumer. You see. Well, I, I understand where you're coming from, and I concur. Absolutely. Yeah. It's our banking systems at fault. But when you're looking at the specific in- instance with IndyMac, I do think it was Chuck Schumer because he's pointing out problems with IndyMac as though there are individual problems with IndyMac that don't exist with other banks. And, in fact, they exist with well, all banks. That's an excellent point. Some people are saying, well, was Chuck Schumer doing this intentionally because he wants to make the economy even worse, make it worse for the Republicans I would, and I so would, on? I, I would say. Yes, I, I wouldn't ju- put it past him. I'm well, sure Chuck, right. Chuck Schumer benefits um, because as a Democrat, Democrats are going to benefit with a bad economy uh, prior to the election. So yeah, absolutely. I you know I, I would suspect him from that. Right. I don't know that that's true. But that true. said, he still didn't do anything inherently wrong necessarily. Did, well, his message he, may not have been it's, pure. It's an abuse of his power because he is an elected official. If it, if Chuck Schumer would be no damn buddy if he wasn't a senator from New York, okay? And because he's a senator from New York, and people know that he has power. And believe that he has insight, and, I, and you know they, he does have insight. He has insight beyond theirs. They're going to listen to what he says. If a okay. police officer says to jump out in front of a car, it, it it has it carries more weight than if just somebody in the street tells you to jump out in front of a car. Do you understand? 
Yeah, if, if although, I see what you're saying, but at the same time, uh, just because his message wasn't ideologically pure doesn't mean that it was wrong of him to alert people to this situation, Mark. That's that's well said. I, I, it's, I, I had I had mixed feelings about yes, it, Mark. Chuck should have said he should have said, you know, this whole banking system is a fraud and uh, the whole deal is a mess and get your money out while you can. But he, for whatever political reasons, chose to do what he did. And OK, should he be punished for doing that? Well, that will bring us to the next that's part. That's what he's talking about, is, is punishing people for coming. Well, I don't know how you're going to punish a, a senator, okay? Well, it's for, interesting. Well, they it, won't go after the senator. They're going to go after now, somebody, this right? Is, this, is, this is what's going on. Uh, coming up, I guess, we'll, we'll get into a next segment if you want, Ian. And we sure will. Sure thing. Uh, the Securities and Exchange Commission is proposing that they are going to set up a watchdog agency to start watching people in the financial sector who start talking trash, i.e. spreading malicious rumors about the liquidity problems of other institutions. We'll find out more about this here in moments and take your calls as well. This is your show. It's Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can take control of the airwaves toll-free at 800-259-9231, the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site we give away, so enjoy those on us. And those features include the bulletin board system. You can get interactive with a whole lot of our listeners, a couple thousand of them. And as a matter of fact, over 350,000 posts await you. Uh, Again, talk about fun stuff, serious issues, and more. You'll find it all at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. Uh, also, if you want to help support Free Talk Live, we would like you to go and vote for the show. Take a moment. It's just less than a minute, a, a minute of your time, and it makes a big difference for us. Go to vote.freetalklive.com and vote for Free Talk Live. All you need is an email address. That's the only requirement. It, uh, it, it's important for us because the more votes we get, the more likely we'll be the number one show at Podcast Alley. And a lot of people find Free Talk Live because we're number one at Podcast Alley. Right now we're not. We're number two. Yeah, you know, and we've been sort of closing the gap uh, over the Have weekend. We? That's good. On uh, the, those, those darn Potter kids. And it, it would be... It would be so easy for us to just get the 80, 82 votes that we need. It's all Bam. we need? Wow. It, okay. If the people that, that haven't voted right now would go ahead and go to their computer and take the less than a minute that it takes to vote, we would be on top. And, you know, that's that's the position we need to be in right. for from a sales standpoint and need to be in from a uh, promoting the show standpoint. Uh, if the people that hadn't voted would go and vote, we'd, be, we'd have thousands of votes. Uh, all we need is, you know, one out of every hundred people to go and vote to actually win this thing. Uh, so that's why we need you to be that one, because you can't expect someone else to do it for you. Uh, and especially if you found the show through Podcast Alley, then really you should go and vote. That way you can help more people find the show. And it helps us uh, with the advertisers as well. So really, one little vote from you makes a big difference for us. Go to vote.freetalklive.com. As we continue to discuss this uh, banking situation, as uh, I understood the story, there is this IndyMac bank, which 
like so many banks, has lent out far more money than it actually has. That's what fractional reserve banking is. It's part of the rules of the system. They are absolutely allowed to do this. They can lend out like 10 bucks for every $1 that they actually yeah. have sitting in the vault. And that puts them in kind of a precarious uh, financial position. Uh, somebody called them out. One well, it's not, not that precarious because the FDIC out there is out there insuring, insuring. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> these the, at least the uh, the inv- the uh, depositors and therefore insuring the banks because well, of course, you know, it's their of course that at first blush that looks not precarious but that causes the entire system become to become more shaky and reckless oh, that's sure. that right. inspires that, that doesn't actually major problems that you is know, not a savior for the bank from what i understand because uh, i had my bank get shut down over it was uh, sometime earlier this year it was one of those internet banks netbank i think is what it was they shut down and that's when the fdic steps in so by that time it doesn't do anything to save the bank it just uh, allegedly protects those people with accounts of less than $100,000 and of course where does that money come from well they're going to probably have to and, print well, it out and i got to tell you it well, still affects people's buying decision in the in that they um, you know they they're, they're not checking out they're not vetting their banks properly because they you know they know that they're not going to to uh, uh, you know, be responsible. They're, they're not going to lose the See, money. I, so therefore, I actually wonder about that, Mark, because uh, I wonder how many people who had accounts of more than a uh, hundred thousand dollars or rather less than $100,000, actually had an easy time getting their money back. Because uh, when, when the bank got shut down that I was using, they sent out a letter that said that if your account has over $50,000 in it, then they were going to uh, – you're going to have to contact the FDIC. Mm-hmm. It's not just that, you know, you just get your money. There's some sort of bureaucratic process that you have oh, to yeah. go through. Well, and so I wonder what kind of things you have to prove to them, like where'd you get this money, mm-hmm. uh, all kinds of uh, – who knows? knows what their requirements are uh, I don't know but it did not sound like it would be an easy process you had to set up like a phone consultation and then who knows what kind of documentation they would demand from you in order to release your insured money there are a couple things about the FDIC as well that are, are extremely troubling uh, first off that what I just heard uh, ABC's reporting in that it's not even those people with a hundred thousand dollars the FDIC officials are saying they're also going to help people over $100,000 get it back at least 50% of what they might have lost. Mm. Now, what's interesting about this is the government has taken over, nationalized this bank, IndyMac, out on the West Coast. Now that they're going to nationalize this thing and take it over, uh, what they're going to do is they say they're going to sell it to someone later. But that's only after the government has come in using your tax money and your neighbor's tax money to insure all of their deposits. So they're going to be pulling away all those liabilities that whoever buys it would normally have to pay. So what mm. they're doing is they're doing what they did with Bear Stearns to allow Citicorp to buy Bear Stearns a couple months ago without all the liabilities hanging over it the way the Federal Reserve wow, so went in. so they're cleaning in. it up basically is what yeah, you're Yeah, they're cleaning it out for wh- wh- whoever's going to get it. And it's going to be somebody obviously connected with you know, one of the politicians out there. And in the meantime, the government's going to be running a bank. Right. And the FDIC, the FDIC itself, if this happens in more banks around the country, the FDIC is never, ever, ever going to have enough money to cover all of the deposits. Well, they can just that print it. Well, that's it. They can just print the money. And they'll either print it or they'll increase, they charge banks a certain amount uh, each year. Yeah, they'll increase it, which will then 
force everybody, even in the non-failing banks, to have to pay into the system. Oh, everyone's so going to have to pay be, for all yeah, this. It's all socialization. That's right. exactly what's going on. But the idea that a government now owns the bank is pretty scary stuff. And it's a lot yeah. sim- sim- more simple than, uh, you know, like when Venezuela uh, nationalized the oil companies. <laughs> you know, they just went in and took them. Whereas yeah. this way, the government looks like the savior. Yes, exactly. And that's, mm. that's the... No, I, I, I'm so glad you brought that up, Mark, because I was talking I about this. I am a super genius. I was Gardner. thinking... <laughs> super. But genius. I was thinking about it on Friday because if you look at what happened in the Soviet system, they went in with jackbooted force. They, you know, they clubbed people's heads in. They took lives, took private property. They nationalized things through force and violent revolution. Mm-hmm. We're getting to a point in the United States where the financial sector is so taken over and so regulated, not by so-called force per se, visual force, but by the soft force that's supposedly there to help everybody. And and it's incredible. Soft fascism. And, yeah, and they're putting these people on ABC News that I, that's the one where I was getting all my sound files and they're like oh yeah I'm so glad that I'll be able to at least I'll be able to get my money back it's like do you understand what's going on? No, they don't. It's they incredible. have no idea what's going on. And yeah. you, you were going to tell us about oh, yeah. the rest of the story yeah. where they're now going to regulate speech yeah. in some way yeah. because um, of all this. Yeah, if anybody anybody who's in the financial sectors and they want to criticize... So like a financial advisor or yeah, something Yeah, financial like advisors, anything like that. This is the story. It's from Bloomberg News. Uh, David Shear writes, July 13th. Nice day. Uh, Wall Street's biggest regulators are examining whether securities firms adequately police rumor mongering used to manipulate stocks after shares of Lehman Brothers Holdings and Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac tumbled last week. Now, there is a paragraph, one sentence, a one-sentence paragraph that is so loaded and so rife with nonsense and sophistry, I don't think I've seen something that bad in weeks. First, he says, Wall Street's biggest regulators. How about the federal government's biggest regulators of Wall Street? How about that? How about the fascist arm of the federal government in the financial industry is examining whether securities firms adequately police rumor-mongering? Now, their definition of rumor-mongering is essentially, as uh, as this guy James Cox, a securities law professor, says, um, it's, it's essentially um, these guys coming out and saying that uh, somebody might not have enough holdings to cover their depositors. So... If, if you're going and you're saying that, there are avenues if you're doing something that's slanderous, you know, then you could be, you know, someone lying. could sue you if, if you're, you're lying, lying about, about somebody. But if this is true stuff, what they're doing here is they are trying to fire across the bow so that people will not be as vocal about the problems, systemic problems that have been created by central banking and, and federal spending and federal deposit insurance and, and, and all these things that they've Shut up or else, right? That's exactly what they're trying to do. They're trying to stifle criticism just prior to the election. What could happen, so to, clear. Some, what could happen to, uh, to an advisor or something like that that was talking about these oh, things? Oh, I don't know. And, you know, you, you talked about, like, uh, fractional reserve banking. I personally, I know a lot of free marketeers don't like fractional reserve. I, I say if a bank wants to do, a private bank wants to do fractional reserve on its holdings, if it owns its own stock of gold, let them go ahead and do it. They'll suffer or they'll benefit. There's you're not Mesian. You're Osbornian. How could they? <laughs> how could they do that? I never really understood that. If you don't have the gold to lend out, how are you gonna, How can you possibly lend it out? It would depend how pr- transparent they were. More coming up. You take control. This is Free Talk Live. This 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You can bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number for you is 1-800-259-9231. The SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Garn. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're free. So enjoy those on us. Again, that is freetalklive.com. And do you want to easily update the look of your old cabinets or that old set of drawers? Well, InnerKnobs.com offers a wide variety of knobs and pulls for every taste and budget. Save 10% on your order by using the code FTL at checkout. That's InnerKnobs.com, uh, I-N-T-E-R-K-N-O-B-S.com. See their banner as well at FreeTalkLive.com. 800-259-9231. To your phone calls, we go to Alex in New Jersey. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Gardner and Mark. Hello, Alex. Hey, guys. Hey, what's yeah. on your mind tonight? I saw you were talking about the uh, the banks, and uh, there was a Ron Paul movement called uh, ThisJune5th.com, and what they wanted to do was have a 10-day national bank holiday where everyone withdraws all the money that they have in every bank account for 10 days as a protest of the current fractional reserve banking system. Did you hear about that? Wow. I, I yeah, did. I did. How'd that go for him? Uh, I don't know, because I guess it didn't go too well, because I right. didn't really... Anything. The banks are still uh, here. Yeah, they're still here, <laughs> and all you did was trigger a uh, suspicious activity report about your account. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't participate because I have uh, finances to take care of, but I wonder if the SEC is going to uh, attempt to take down this website. Well, I wouldn't Let's try it again. Oh, they're going to try it again? If, if they try to try it again. Oh, yeah. okay. You know, uh, what, was it, uh, uh, what was it, Paulson, Hank Paulson? Uh, he he came out recently saying that uh, it was illegal to melt down your coins, of course, because the metal content is worth, worth more than the actual Good coinage. thing you mentioned that crap. Yeah, you know, so uh, it, not that it belongs to me because I earned it. Uh, it is, of course, a Apparently, federal note. your money is not your money. Yeah, it's not my money. So you can imagine that uh, they could probably come up with some spurious thing about the banks. Mm. And, yeah, they, they'd probably do something like that. Did you go and participate in this just out of curiosity? No, I couldn't because I have very little money and I have other expenses to take care of. Right. Yeah. All right. But um, do you think that it would be uh, worth it? Do you think it would even work if everyone did it, like a vast majority of Americans did it? I uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't see how a ba- you could ever get a vast majority of Americans to agree to do anything. I yeah. mean, you might be able to get a, a you know less than a percentage. If, and of, besides, if you had a vast majority of Americans doing it, Ian, then you wouldn't need to do it because they'd probably they'd be know, voting to get rid of those idiots yeah. and change the system. Yeah, that's a good point. It really seems like a, a drop in the bucket and more of just a symbolic gesture than anything else. Seems uh, like a pain in the a butt warning. too. It seems like a pain in the butt too because I mean, if you've got a significant amount of money in your account, uh, anything over ten thousand dollars you withdraw ten thousand dollars in cash you've got a cash transaction report that's been filed on you uh they could file a suspicious activity report on you as well so it could actually that particular protest could encourage a treasury investigation into your accounts and, and they could wouldn't knows, you have to withdraw it. cash as opposed to a check like i, I right. suppose you could get a, a cashier's check but your money hasn't actually been withdrawn until that cashier's check gets deposited elsewhere yeah so well, the so idea is to just go it out of the yeah, banks. You actually have to get the money else. out, so therefore you're taking a, a cash withdrawal. And so you're walking out of the bank with twenty right. grand in cash. Yeah, I, I certainly want to send my wife to the bank with that, uh, you know, for that job. Um, yeah. you, know? It'd so, be, it'd be, you know, I don't know. Theoretically, it'd be interesting if you had a bunch of freedom-minded people target one particular bank. If it wasn't diffused, if it was targeted at one particular bank. Um, you could probably. It depends on the size of the bank and and. 
you know, you sort of feel bad. I don't know. For it it seems like, yeah. Well, know. it seems like causing unnecessary trouble. I mean, because, they, like you say, many of these bankers, they're just people that are looking for work, and and you know, they they believe that the the system. They don't know the system is as as corrupted and, and as bad as it. They don't. As it they, is. they don't even understand fractional. Many of them, uh, the the tellers and that kind of thing, just simply don't understand fractional reserve right. banking. And My wife was a bank manager, um, and she doesn't. I, I talked to her about these issues. She doesn't have any idea. Yeah. So if you go in and you were to target that one particular bank and actually have some success to the point where you crashed the bank uh you know created a bank run to the point where they couldn't you know they couldn't f- uh, file you know they couldn't fill the de- fulfill the deposits or the the withdrawals rather and, and you then, know, then you've hurt those other people that had those accounts and you've really uh you've you've inconvenienced yeah, a lot of people and, and you think about it ian if you've got uh if you've got some pretty heavy hitting free marketeers with a lot of money in their banks and they pull this all out uh, that's a hit for them because they can't do any anything with that money. They they're they're doing. They, they would have to set up. I suppose you could set up some sort of par- paradigm, some sort something they could be doing with it while it was taken out of the out of any sort of a system. But for them, that's a hit for them uh, financially, which would be hurting the freedom movement in in general. Yeah, when I heard the idea, it was certainly not too exciting to me. Any other thoughts tonight for us, Alex? Well, yeah, my mother was a branch manager, and I was talking to her about the uh, fractional reserve banking. She had no idea what it was either. There you go. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, how high up do you have to be to get that? You'd have to be pretty and high up if the branch man- manager doesn't understand it. And she was working, and um, there was a bank run, actually, like a number of years ago, like 20 years ago. And um, what they had to do is they had to run to the ATM machine down the street that the bank owned and withdraw money from, like cash from the ATM machine and bring it back to the bank. They so didn't they just use a key and take all the, the cash out? They didn't yeah, they just... had to go to an ATM machine down the street, open it up, take all the cash out, run back to the bank, and hmm. then give the money to the depositors. Interesting. Interesting. Uh, I'm you know, I, it obviously wasn't a big enough run to uh, really make uh, too much of a problem, but I can see how that would scare you a little bit. Thank you, Alex, for the call tonight. I appreciate the story. I appreciate bringing up that issue. Let's continue with Dan. Um, uh, well, I was just going to say, even in a free market, um, there's still going to be runs on banks. Banks, uh, you know, and banks are going to have problems. Banks, even if they only lent out exactly the amount of dollars that they had in, likely they wouldn't have it on stock if if uh, the the right amount of people came. You, you know, they're they're going to want to diversify. They're going to have the mm, want to have a certain a amount point. of uh, funds in more safe places. So but for that, you could have real insurance. You could have real market based uh, protection instead of this one monopolist in the, the form of the FDIC. Yeah, you can actually have real insurers uh, offering real insurance policies against that. And that's, sort of that's also why you could, you could have fractional reserve banking in a private banking system because there would be, uh, organically, there would be uh, things that would be created to support either uh, company uh, banks that did do fractional reserve on certain policies and at a certain fraction and they could get along doing that, then uh, certain people might insure them and say, you know, you guys really lend out really well. You've never had any problems. So, yeah, if you want to exceed a little bit over what you have in your stocks, then, you know, we'll insure you for that. There are a lot of different types of systems, but when the government gets in there and provides this insurance for these guys and they allow for fraction reserve, it is just a recipe for destruction. Let's continue with Dan in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Dan. Hey, thanks, Ian. Uh, This is uh, is the guy up at the uh, secret... movie thing that we uh, talked about yes, a while Dad. back. Go ahead. Again. What you calling about tonight? Anyway, I, a couple of things. Uh, I was up, uh, I was down in D.C. over the weekend. And After the Ron Paul thing. The march. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if you guys had any questions about that or not. But, well, I mean, uh, tell us about your experience. I mean, we, we mentioned at the very beginning of the show, uh, none of us went, so we just, you know, we've seen the videos and the pictures, but that's about it. 
Well, I, I was down there, and this was the first time I'd been involved in anything, and I kept saying to myself, you know, what is it, <laughs> what is it, what is it a that it, what does it say about us that we're out here in the midday D.C. sun, you know, on a hot, humid day, you know, standing out around in not enough shade and, uh, and, uh, and watching all this. But uh, I was pretty impressed that there were as many people as there were. And, uh, you know, uh, they were all well-behaved. And uh, there was one guy, they took a sign away because it said, uh, you know, f bomb uh, the government, and uh, oh, anyway, you can't have that. Who, who took it away? Yeah, uh, right. the cops. Uh, they they came rushing in on them with oh. about three uh, uh, Harley Davidsons and uh, yeah, you know speech. a couple of guys on bicycles and wow. and and, uh, and all, no I mean, they, had, they had tried to talk to him earlier. I you know I had actually talked to a cop afterward, and I told I asked him if. You know, what was that all about? And he said, oh, somebody was trying to do the F-bomb. And, you know, I, did, I asked, did they get complaints? Because there could have even been complaints from within the crowd. There were children there. And anyway, I... Because right. kids yeah, will never hear the F-bomb in their entire life if we just sanitize well, exactly. enough stuff. I, you know, it's kind of crazy. But, I uh, guess that's the irony uh, of trying to but publicly... Anyways, I, I, on the fractional reserve banking... Alrighty. Uh, it, it occurs to me that it's a, it's a huge boon for someone. All right, so you can lend out ten times as much money as you have. Mm-hmm. That means that you can create economic activity uh, from nothing, That's basically. Correct. And 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 why do you need to do that? Uh, you know, is is it because you want to grow the economy that much, or is it because you have a government that sucks down so many resources that there has to be some kind of Something from nothing in order to even well, it's based on the, well, it's, it's certainly it's based on the fiat uh, system. But the reason why is because well, if you can lend out ten times as much as you have, then that's ten times the loans you've got out, ten times the chance you're going to get people paying back those loans at interest. So not only are you creating the money from thin air, you're also getting interest paid on the money that you've created from thin air. Well, so the hold more me you can over, lend, will you please? Oh, me over. I got more to say. Well, uh, I don't got, know. We haven't got other calls. Yeah, we got other calls. I'm sorry, Dan, but thank you for the call tonight. Uh, 800-259-9231. Hour 3 is coming up. You can take control and bring up what you want. This is Free Talk Live. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number three of the program, and you can take control of the airwaves via the toll-free number at 1-800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And guard. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free, so enjoy those on us. Again, that's freetalklive.com. We continue with your calls about what you want. Vince is on the line in California. Vince, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys, how's it going? Hey, great, right. Vince. What's on your mind tonight? Hey, just wanted to talk about um, with uh, bank runs. Mark was saying that we would still have bank runs, and I want to disagree slightly with that um, in, a, in a society where, you know, we didn't have the Federal Reserve. We just had free composition in banking. 
Okay. The, the reason we have bank runs is because banks today, like there, there's two kinds of deposits. You've got demand deposits and you've got time deposits. Demand deposits are ones where the bank just holds on to your money. You're supposed to be able to go in, get the money at any time. Like a a checking account. A deposit is one that the bank, you give the bank, and they hold it for six months or a year. Like and a they certi- certificate, certificate deposit. Right. right. Okay. Well, the problem is that the banks are lying to people right now. They're saying that they that customers can come in and get their demand deposit at any time, but they've only got 10% of the money. So clearly, they can't guarantee that to every client. And so what happens is when people find out, when it's people fraud. realize this, that they have been lying, then you've got these bank runs. Right. So and, how would that be different in the free marketplace? You were saying you didn't think that would necessarily happen? Well, I think that what would, what would happen is you'd have bank, some banks, obviously, in a free market, you'd, you would have banks that, that uh, still lent out demand deposits. You have other banks that didn't. And the banks that lent out their, their demand deposits would continue to have bank runs relative to the ones that actually people just want them to hold on to the money and, and uh, you know, pay, a, pay a fee to provide that service of checking and, and those kinds of things. Well, um, the, the the products that banks offer are limited by the government. That's why you see, you know, six month CDs, nine month CDs, twelve month CDs. You don't see any eight month CDs. You don't see any mm. eleven month CDs. Um, and I don't know the specifics of every regulation, but I know the banks are just hugely regulated. Oh, and sure, most right. of the services that they offer are simply things that they're allowed to offer by the federal government. And there could very well be a certificate of deposit, <clears throat> you know, a, a time deposit that would say you can only withdraw 10% of your money per day. Right. And, and you know, so there would be all kinds of uh, flexibility. Of well, my point is that they wouldn't be telling people that you can feel free to come in at any time and withdraw as much of the money as you like. So people would understand that there's one product that you can withdraw all of your money at any time. And there's another product where you can, where the bank actually doesn't have that money for you. Right now, there's no difference between that. Isn't it amazing the way the government involvement totally erodes personal responsibility and creativity for the marketplace? Because you could have all these different variations, a whole wide spectrum, you know? I mean, get Jesse Jackson to rename his Rainbow Push Coalition, because I'd like to have a rainbow of options provided by the free market, you know? The, the bank actually, I was reading about uh, banks in Italy during the Renaissance, and they those banks lasted hundreds of years. They had people that would go in and audit the banks every month, just like the um, Liberty Dollar does right now. Mm-hmm. Go in and audit and make sure that they had every gold coin that they said they had for their depositors. And of course, become, those options aren't available to us today. Right. Yeah. All good yeah. points, Vince, and I thank you for the call tonight. Appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. We continue here with Nick in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Nick. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? I uh, just wanted to express some um, dismay with uh, it, it appears that libertarians around the border not attacking this whole banking issue with the amount of fury and uh, quickness that I would like to see. Well, what would you like to see? I would like to see it be a main uh, priority for most libertarians to look at. I mean, especially in in relation to the amount of recruitment that could come from it. Um, Mm. Most people are hurt by the bailouts that occur because they usually occur through uh, inflating the uh, money supply, which goes to certain sectors of the economy at the expense of others. So the certain sectors uh, 
get the inflated money first, they spend it, prices go up for the people who do not get the money first, and then they have to deal with the higher prices, whereas the others at the top of the economy right. tend well, to... Ron Paul certainly made this a, a you know a key issue in his campaign. Were you satisfied with that? Is that what you're suggesting? Is that all you know libertarian-minded people uh, that are running for office make this a uh, an issue, or were you suggesting something oh, different? No, no, no. I, I meant like um, I, I want to see more um, of the bloggers and the uh, writers, article writers, hammering home on this issue because I think it can be a key a key component to getting more people towards the liberty side, especially since. You talk to people, and they're facing some economic hardships. You explain to them, uh, this is why, and we have an explanation for it, and we have an alternative to it. Well, uh, I, I hear what you're saying, and I, I, the reason I suspect you don't see it is because the banking issue, economics, isn't that easy of a thing to, to address. And, uh, with yeah, but a, these with aren't article, too complex. <laughs> yeah, these, these, aren't, these aren't so complex. It's, I mean, it's... If I can get it, they can get it. Yeah, sure, getting it and explaining it in an article are two different things, though. Like getting here on the air, you can go kind of fast and loose, and you know you explain your facts. Whereas with an article, you need to be precise. You need to footnote things, and mm. getting the information can be difficult. I, I don't know. I, I've I've tried writing a couple of articles about a couple of issues, and I found you know what this isn't the same, and it isn't as easy as doing radio. Well, you know, I I say I see where you're coming from, Nick, and I I agree that this is an important issue. However, I also understand what Mark's saying, and, and that is that you know in the world of the liberty movement, we have people that are doing different things. I mean, some people find the economy to be their number one priority. Some people want to work on uh, re-legalizing drugs. Some people want to do something completely different. And uh, each one of those people is is busy focusing in on what's important to them. And I see all you're doing is you're saying, well, hey, I think it's important more to focus on this particular issue. But at the same time, is talking about the monetary system really going to break through to you know the hippies that are concerned about uh, legalizing marijuana? I don't know if well, that's that, something. That's, I mean, that's what that's what did it to me before. Um, I was a libertarian. I, I was a I was a full out. Uh, I guess you'd call pinko commie. I mean, I. Mm. I until it was explained to me how um, the monetary system does work in the common uh, in in what we see today, and it, it made a lot of sense to me. When people see these bankers getting bailouts, they get angry. They they're they're frustrated. They're infuriated for the fact that these hedge funds, these multimillionaires are being bailed out on their dime. Sure. Yeah, if you and could only attract... explain it to them like that, it angers them to the point that they, they begin to uh, associate themselves with others. I think that by explaining things in the context of um, personal profits, because when we talk about drug issues, I mean, that's I mean, it's a good issue for a lot of people, but... I think for the common uh, folk, the people who are just trying to make it on every day, just trying to feed the family, just trying to put food on the table, I think when it comes down to it, when you start talking about inflation and how they are hurt directly by the federal government's, uh, the Federal Reserve's policies towards bailing out these rich fat cats up in Washington, as opposed to... um, just letting it go and letting the market stabilize on itself. Yeah. I'm with you there, Nick. So, I think we, we all share. Angry. We, we all share your, your concerns. When does your article come out, Nick? <laughs> 
I'm yeah. actually working on one right now. Good. There you go. That's a good. That's I'm, a good point. I'm where are people? Where are people going to be able to see it, Nick? Where are people going to be able to see it? God. Where are people going to be able to see the article, Nick? Uh, where are they going to be able to see the article? Well, uh, that depends on who I decide to have publish it. Okay. Right. Yeah. There and, you go. And um, I think you make an excellent point, Nick. Uh, the the way that the socialist, leftist, collectivist mindset has been so successful is they use the us-against-them mentality. Uh, I've mentioned it before. Marx was uh, a genius in being able to supplant the feudalist hatred of the landed gentry to take that out and supplant it with a hatred of those who are in positions of uh, high wealth because they actually earned it in the marketplace. He was able to make the class struggle into an economic anti-capitalist struggle. And uh, I think what that's I, a very good way to put it. Yeah, if we can do that through libertarianism against government and corporatism, uh, that would be really neat. And I like it that you're out there uh, doing what you're suggesting. Instead of just asking other people to change their behavior, you're going ahead and making those changes and promoting the ideas you want to promote. You might want to consider joining the Free State Project and also, I mean, if you haven't already, and getting involved in some of those alternatives. And thanks for the call, those alternatives like alternative money systems that are being developed right now. More coming up, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can bring up anything toll-free. The number for you is 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. Those features include the wiki. You can get interactive with over 1,700 pages created by listeners just like you. Go to wiki.freetalklive.com and see what it's all about. That's wiki, W-I-K-I.freetalklive.com. In Chapter 6, Subterranean, Tad Galahad goes to hell, and hell he finds nanobots, killbots, sexbots, supermodel clones, immortality, and a rocket ride off this pale blue dot. Go to freedom-engineering.com. That's freedom-engineering.com. And Chapter 7, I have heard, is on the way very soon. Very cool. I'm sure, we'll, I'm sure we'll announce that when it happens here. Uh, we continue with Evan in New York. You're on Free Talk Live. Evan? Hello? Evan? Hello? You're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Uh, first, I'd like to recite, recite my two favorite Free Talk Live quotes. Okay. The first one is, well, if you don't want to talk about the difference between chemtrails and contrails, then why do you have a radio show? And then <laughs> Wait, that wasn't one, one of our is, quotes. That was a quote from a caller, right? Yeah, the okay. caller. Gotcha. And the other one's from Mark, like two weeks ago. He's, he said, uh, well, I don't know. What to do about 14-year-olds wanting to turn tricks? <laughs> I don't. I was laughing so hard. My favorite one came from Mark when he said, I just wish the anarchists would leave me alone. <laughs> that was awesome. I keep yeah, this show so. together, guys. I'm telling you. It's me <laughs> and my clever wit and great quotes that keep this show on the air. Forget it. So, anyway, my, what were you calling re- about? My call was about, um, like, do you guys ever get, like, burned out on this stuff? Like, right now I feel like, I'm not in New Hampshire that, like, there's so many kind of, like, socialists and authoritarians, and I'm just watching the news the other day about that whole gun ban thing, and, mm-hmm. like, uh, the mayor of D.C. or whatever was on the TV, and the uh, interviewer asked him, uh, well, you know, since you guys had a gun ban, you know, crime's gone up. Like, what about that, you know? And he's like, well, we just need to educate more people and throw more people in jail. I'm like, wow. <laughs> well, they never give up. You're asking if we get burnt out because the government is uh, government people are constantly pushing for more and more power, and it seems like a losing battle. Is that what your question is? 
Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, they they never give up, and it can be very, very frustrating. If you look at uh, even places where they've had small levels of success, I think Alaska is one of the better examples. Uh, Alaska that has had relatively uh, successful efforts to decriminalize personal possession of marijuana, not just for medical purposes, but just plain old possessing wow. marijuana. Cool. Nice. They've had, uh, I think you could carry like three-fourths of an ounce in your home uh, as of the early 1990s when they they overturned a that law. That is assuming you're... Assuming you are in fact carrying your home but i misspoke but anyway you can possess uh up to a, a three-fourths of an ounce as i understood it and ever since then the prohibitionists have been on the attack trying to recriminalize uh, marijuana in the state of alaska and so these poor guys you know are constantly fighting just to keep the status quo uh let alone these people get a leg up and actually manage to uh, to recriminalize it so it, you know i can see where you're coming from when you could when you when you say that this is very frustrating and it uh, it can burn people out which is one of the reasons why i joined the free state project because i was getting burned out down in florida i was doing a lot of activism and having very very little results come from it and so that's why i came here to new hampshire as part of the free state project to concentrate uh myself uh with other activists so yes you can get burned out but if you're surrounded by activism and that activism is having success as it is here in new hampshire right then it doesn't happen right you don't generally get burned i, I yeah, my experience is i don't get burned out when i'm getting rewards that uh that that i consider favorable you know for what i'm doing so if i'm doing a job that i enjoy doing and i'm getting paid well to do it i'm not likely to get burned yeah. out of that job and if i'm doing activism which i don't do a great deal of but if i'm doing activism and trying to do that kind of thing and i see results not necessarily from what i'm doing but you know in the general vicinity of liberty lovers and um, around me i see results then i'm not frustrated and i think the frustration is sort of the burnout thing you know I think you're right about that. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, as as you brought up, Ian and, and Mark, you sort of referred to that. If you're if you're surrounded by people like I listen to this show uh, and I participate with this show, and I say one of the things that I think buoys us is getting calls and being in touch with other people of like minds. That's why the Free State Project is so great, because you can be with these people. Right, if you feel like you're all alone, then that's just going to make it go. Yeah, I'll give you an example. Like on my program, if I don't get a lot of calls and I, I, you know, I'm forced to do a monologue for a certain amount of time or whatever, um, and you're dealing with the subjects, then, yeah, you can feel satisfied that you got some information out there that people can carry with them at the at the close of the program. But it's so much more fun to get somebody else participating. Then it's a conversation. You're hanging out with people you like. You Did know? that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, uh, last thing I want to say is just that uh, keep up the good work. Um, I'm coming around. My, I've been listening to the show for a full year now, and I haven't joined the AM program, but I'm going to do it very, very soon. Excellent. And what about the Free State Project? I'll, yeah, yeah. I'm seriously considering that, too. But Just I'm go sign up. <laughs> I understand. I, you, you know, It doesn't matter about school. It doesn't matter about those things. If there was a libertarian paradise somewhere in America... Utopia. Would you go? <laughs> yes. <laughs> then go sign up. That's really the issue. It's five yeah. years after we get 20,000 people here. There's only 8,000, 8,500 signed up currently. Unless you want to customize your sign up, which you can do now. Right, you can. Um, absolutely. But... At that point, with the successes we're currently having in the state, there's going to be significantly more freedom in New Hampshire in five years from now. 
I think you're right about that. And, and like and you said, have to be more than that. Actually. If you get signed up now, it helps because it increments that counter one more person, and the more that counter increments, the more likely other people are going to say, "Wow, okay, they finally made it to ten thousand. All right, I'll sign up at this." It looks like this is a real program. Right. Hey, I thanks should... for the call tonight, dude. We appreciate hearing from you. That's. I mean, well, it's a fact. I mean, it there is are a people fact. sitting on the fence out there saying, "Well." I'd like that uh, Free State Project idea, but they just don't have enough people to entice me. It doesn't look like they're going to make it all happen. And, you know, we we read an email from a guy last week that, you know, was basically saying, look, the Free State Project doesn't amount to crap because Ron Paul only got 9% in New Hampshire. Even though the Free State Project hasn't really even started yet, right? And but, but that's that was that was yeah. his premise. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're watching right. and they're paying attention. Sure. And if the Free State Project went from you know eighty five hundred today to a year from now twenty thousand, they'd say, "Wow, there's a lot of renewed interest in this. I wonder why." You know, they're still going to be curmudgeons because they feel uh, you know indicted that they didn't sign up, but. We'll give them. We'll give them more things to look at as time goes by. Toll free number for you is one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Jeff in Texas. You're on Free Talk Live, Jeff. Yeah, guys. I just wanted to call in and and um, you know make a couple of comments. You know, I, I'm not going to mention my my blog or anything <laughs> except for the you know the web address or anything. But you know, you guys know that I have a blog about the government. And, yep. And you know, I've been studying and researching for for years. You know, ten thousand hours worth of research and you know, I don't, I don't deal in any conspiracy theories. You know, there may be a couple of things that, you know, people may call conspiracy theories, but I deal in the facts. And I realize that, you know, over the course of time, and I want to get you guys' opinion and maybe some of your listeners' opinion, and I, 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 I finally realized that it, it doesn't really matter if you have a radio show or a, a website about the government, but I tell you what does matter to the government. And it's one of their worst fears. And and uh, the reason I bring this up is because, you know, I've been targeted. I've been filing complaints with the DOJ and the Inspector General for quite some time about, you know, harassment, you know, financial destruction. So do you have a secret weapon for us, Jeff? Is that what you're going to reveal well, here in no, moments? No, no, no. I'd just like to point out that the reason that I... I know well, we'll why. figure out what it is you're getting to. Hang on, Jeff. Bringing you back. This is Free Talk Live. More with Jeff coming up. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You bring up whatever's on your mind. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Gart. And Mark. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are totally free, so uh, enjoy all that, including the updates on us. Just go to updates.freetalklive.com. Get signed up, and we will keep you in the loop when there's something that you need to know happening with free talk live you go to updates.freetalklive.com get signed up for free it's the cure for naked jumptees.com go get funny sexy clever t-shirts at jumptees.com don't go through life naked get jumped at jumptees.com pants not included jumptees.com is not responsible for customers not wearing pants 800-259-9231 to your calls jeff is on the line in texas now, Jeff, you were hinting at uh, something that you were going to tell us about here, some sort of secret weapon uh, against the state. Uh, or actually, I well, think I've completely misinterpreted I, you. Basically, what I wanted to say is this, guys, is, you know, it's one thing for 
Well, first of all, let me say I've always promoted and you know nonviolence and and it's uh, good peaceful demonstrations. But I tell you, even though I, I created these blogs and these websites over last several years about government corruption and cover-ups, I be, you know I, I think that I really been began to be targeted when I sought to, and again, I think this is the government's worst fear, when I wanted to um, organize massive demonstrations uh, for, you know, in Washington, D.C. and other cities, 10, 20, 20 million people. Whoa, that and is I a think big demonstration. That, I think that, you, you got know, connections, huh, Jeff? Well, no, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's, a, way to, there's a way to do that. And, what is that? I mean, what is uh, the know, secret there? Because I bet the Ron Paul guys. There? Hold on, Jeff. We're right here. I bet okay. those Ron Paul guys from over the weekend would have liked to have known your secret because I don't think they had anywhere close to that many people. No, I think Jesse Jackson you know, would like to know it because his million ant man march didn't get that high. All right. What is the secret, Jeff? Because if they're targeting you, if you let that secret out on the air, then we can all do it and they can't target us all. So go ahead. Well, I'm just saying that, that, that that's the key because you know, you it's kind of like the civil rights. Wait, what is the key? Wait, you wait. Know, if, you, if you organize. Massive demonstrations. How? It's one thing to have a radio show and, and, and a website about yeah. the government, but when you seek to, to organize, that's why they targeted Earth First activist Judy and Daryl. Why haven't they, they gone after the free states? Is it, is it only the, the, the mass demonstration organizers they're targeting? Because the free well, state no, project they're, they're, members are organizing things here in New Hampshire, well, and they're, they're, they haven't done anything. They're targeting other people, too. You know, like people, you know, for instance, United for Justice and Peace. I mean, they, you know, even though, I mean, they can, they can put together a half a million people at the snap of a finger. So, uh, because, how do you, know, you do that? What's the secret? You said you have the secret to getting 10 million to sh- uh, people to show up in Washington, D.C. What is that? Well, it's, it's kind of like uh, the Mexicans did. I mean, look, look at, with little or no effort, I mean, uh, you know, they organized 10 million people uh, across the nation, and uh, they, they, of course, demonstrated uh, nationwide, I think it was maybe 10, more than 10 million, and, I mean, it would take more time to, to explain it all, but I tell you, hmm. you know, it's, it's it, people... Too, too complex uh, to explain, huh? Nothing well, that, not really you don't have any information that anyone can benefit time. from tonight? You don't have any uh, secrets or tips that our listeners could possibly uh, use in their own lives to, to help well, themselves? Well, I, I will say this, guys. I've been targeted now for about eight years, and I've been documenting it the whole time. And the department that calls itself justice, they are obstructing justice. I have all of this documented. I've been filing complaint after complaint. Now, I want to get you guys' opinion on this. I mean, what, what do you think that I should do? Should I just sit back and be attacked and harassed? Or do you think that, you know, because they're not going to stop, uh, or do you think that I should spring up like Jack in the Box and retaliate? I'm just asking your opinion. I think you should take uh, you know, video is the uh, is prolific you know, on the internet. Video is the most powerful thing you can have. The video camera is a greater threat to the government. Right. Than if guns. you can show these people in in their manner that they harass, well, I have you. it all documented. It's right. Irrefutable. They can't be. I mean, it's irrefutable. Paperwork is kind of boring. Documented. Documented. Right. Like, but but the, the the trick is to get people to to uh, consume the media that you're producing. And I understand that. And I'm not and I'm not belittling your documentation at all. I'm saying that you should augment your documentation into the future with video because people will consume the video. It's a lot easier. It's a lot more passive. They don't have to read through reams and reams of mm-hmm. uh, riveting documentation that uh, you've got there. And, uh, you know, I... But I think, guys, that what they're trying to do is they're trying to provoke and instigate me to engage in some kind of criminal act or violence or something. Well, and, you're which not is what I've been trying you... to. You know, if I was violent or dangerous, I mean, I wouldn't have sit back for eight years 
years and yeah, been attacked and harassed. Sure, and as you pointed out at the beginning of your call, that's not what you're about. You're not about violence, and you know that violence is not going to get you anywhere. It's certainly going to just, uh, if, if anything, it'll end you up in a jail cell or dead. Yeah, well, and you then know, you won't be able to affect Google anything. Search, renegade all America. right, all right, you're done now. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> he knew he knew the call was over, so he, he, he I'm thought not going to tell get you any of my websites. But if I can <laughs> well, he wasn't going to tell us in the beginning. Uh, you know, I got to appreciate the guy. He just he wants to he wants to save America. Yeah. He's putting his blog oh, I, out I there. Say, I say. Get the protest going, man. I if plug my website. Secret, do it. I plug my website every time I call the local talk shows. So I, yeah. you know, I, I appreciate what yeah. he's doing. Yeah. Anyway, thank you for the call. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That is the SACL CAI toll free line. Yeah, let's go to Vince in Indiana. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Vince. Hey, hello, hello Mark and Vince. How are you doing, Vince? What's on your mind? Hey, I got one here for you. You might, you may have heard of it. But on July 2nd, said, uh, Judge Lewis Stanton dismissed privacy arguments as speculative, and it involves a lawsuit by Viacom to get the uh, YouTube logs about users and uh, all that who, who they contend have violated copyright holders' agreements. And they view such programs as Comedy Central's The Daily Show and John Stewart and all that, but they, what they're saying is that they want the complete records. They don't want specific records. They want, oh, right. They want the entire, like, Google YouTube database, basically. They yeah, want the Google, all YouTube, of the info. Database. And they don't have any idea how much a terabyte is, let alone, what is it, four four terabytes? I, can't I think remember. it was 12 terabytes is what the, what it all amounts they, to. They simply don't have, they, they, they couldn't look through it. They couldn't take, you would take every uh, federal employee stopping doing what they're doing and then uh, starting to look at this stuff and forget the retraining that it, that were required. Well, I guess Viacom's going to do the looking through. I don't think the feds are going to be pouring through the information. It's Viacom that wants to use the information to uh, continue I thought Viacom did not want the information. That's what that... Th- that they so said, Viacom no, no. wanted to know who was viewing such shows that they distribute over the cable and making sure that these users weren't downloading it and then redistributing it and all that. Uh, I'm sure they have various different goals. From what I understood, uh, originally they had claimed they were going to use the information, this database info, uh, to determine whether or not people watched their product more than the average YouTube uh, video and probably, as you say, get information about probably not so much the people that were watching the videos as much as the people that were uploading the videos so uh, so as for so as to they could go on and continue prosecuting people. Uh, but it would yeah. be, I think the ball would be in Viacom's court to dig through that documentation and that it would not be the federal government because it was Viacom that won the uh, the award or they won the, the case so they're going to be delivered the, the terabytes of data, not the federal government. All that well, said... it sounds like that MP3 disaster many years ago and... Uh, oh, it's a disaster alright. If the federal government has ruled that Google has to turn over all this private information to another company that's a disaster. I mean, Viacom wanted to go and they really wanted to go all the way to the wall as you suggested, Vince. They wanted to get the source code for Google's YouTube. They wanted to actually get the the uh, the back-end code that runs the website, which, of course, is that's proprietary business secrets. And, the, you know, the, the feds shut them down on that particular aspect of the lawsuit. But really, I mean, it was 
just chance that they happened to protect that, and they, they gave up all the rest of their information. So, uh, so your private information, not so private, and that's what the most, I think, relevant point about all this is. Thanks, Vince, for the call. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. It's only as private as, uh, you know, the federal government decides that it's, you know, well, we, we, we've got, uh, we can just go ahead and give your stuff away. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty outrageous, and you know, uh, poor Google caught in the middle of all this. They created a wonderful service. YouTube is a brilliant, brilliant Google service. Created YouTube? I Excuse think me, you're it. right. YouTube was created somewhere else. Google owns it now. My apologies, but Google is still a really amazing company. And so they've got this wonderful service out there that people are able to upload whatever videos they want to. This ruling is going to encourage future rulings that will prohibit these companies from just allowing or they'll essentially they'll they'll prohibit these companies from allowing people to upload things without some sort of approval process first and i think that could be really bad more coming up this is free talk live it's your show and you can bring up whatever's on your mind via the toll-free number at 800-259-9231 that's the sacl cai toll-free line it is Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. Again, 800-259-9231. Join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Features on the site we give away. If you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, become an amplifier. Just go to amp.freetalklive.com. Get on board with the AMP program. AMP stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote. And the idea is a simple one. You send in a few bucks a month. Three is all we ask for. And we take that money and reinvest it into the show, getting on more radio stations around the country and uh, bringing more new listeners to the message of freedom and liberty. Plus, you get perks like access to the AMP-only toll-free call-in lines chat room forum and more. Gardner, you got into the chat room for the first time tonight. How yes, about it? Yes, got it in, and it's great. People should get involved. Get involved. It's, it's a, a nice blast. little perk. Oh, it's really, really awesome, and thank you for get, getting me set up, Ian. By the way, Gardner awesome. Goldsmith uh, joins us usually every Monday night, and you can get his. Um, you can go to his website at libertyconspiracy.com. You can listen to his show, Against the Grain. You can yeah. order his book, uh, yeah. which is Live Free or Die. In fact, you yes, can order sir. that through Amazon.freetalklive.com. Yeah, Amazon. yeah, and my, my site's going to be down maybe for another day or so. Oh, no, it's down. Is it down right now? It's getting an upgrade right now, yeah. Oh, so, I'm sorry. Uh, to prom- I don't mean to promote it. Well, I didn't oh, realize No problem, that. no problem. Just as long right. as people remember, head yeah, over there in a patient. couple days and, and get my book. Yeah, it's book. more important to get the book. Sure. That's true. That's get true. Puts money in your pocket. You got it. All right. Uh, let's continue with, uh, well, no calls, so we continue with the show prep here. This one out of CNN in South Korea. It's uh, important to to note that there are some people in our audience that are so they're such internet people that they forget that radio is still important. They forget that there is a world of people out there that are not interested in what's going on online. And it's easy to forget if all of your friends have instant messengers and you are of the, you know, younger generation and you're sort of you're immersed in this world of electronica, then it's easy to to think that well everyone must be this way. I mean the internet is so wonderful. Why wouldn't someone want to be on the internet? And indeed, why wouldn't someone want to be on the internet? The fact is there are a lot of people that aren't for whatever their reason. Maybe they're luddites. Maybe they're afraid <laughs> of uh, the technology and they're they're scared and intimidated by it. There's certainly many possible reasons. Maybe they just don't like uh, you know they just don't like new things. Maybe they're friends with Ted Stevens. They think it's a series of 
tubes. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, un- misunderstanding. Uh, maybe they think that maybe if they're not afraid of the Internet, maybe they just think it's like this big wasteland of uh, pornography and that there's nothing valuable there. And, you know. and, and really, how could pornography be a wasteland? I mean, <laughs> please. Well, here's uh, a story about how relevant radio can actually be. And it's kind of similar. It's kind of re- you know relates to what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's, from, again, from CNN. It broadcasts only three hours a day. Its on-air reporters use fake names, and its operators don't know for sure whether their target audience is even listening. Free North Korea radio based in Seoul, South Korea, broadcasts news of the outside world across the border. It's illegal for North Koreans to listen to anything other than state-run radio. And all legal radios, get this, are fixed so they can play only channels approved by the government. Wow. Convenient. Now, I remember that. It's we like used 1984. To, well, back at the one of the radio stations we worked at, we had these little freebie radios. That the, It was like a little promotional device that you can order if you're a radio station. You can have a radio custom made for your station. It's got your logo on it. When you turn it on, it doesn't go to any other channels. Oh, wow. It just locks it <laughs> to oh, that one geez. frequency. And so that's kind of what they've done over North Korea, except the entire populace. They should be a little more that. subtle with those types of things and not have it that it just locks on. It just doesn't get the other stuff very well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. That said, clearly uh, there are ways to get tuned in. I mean, whenever you prohibit something in this case you're prohibiting radios inevitably the black market is going to respond people are going to get in they're going to tinker with the existing sets they're going to you know make crystal radios or they're going to somehow import other radios i made one when i gosh i must have been eight yeah seven one of those radio shack kits or whatever. i don't i don't know where it was from but i wrapped a coil a, a coiled copper around a a tube and you could tune things in that way Cool. Fun stuff. That's fun. You, did you do it with your dad? That was one of those dad. I had some things. help. Anyway, uh, he was hanging out with a guy named Marconi. <laughs> <laughs> let me continue the story. Uh, according to this, they can only play again. The North Koreans can only play their government-approved radio stations. But the founder of Free North Korea Radio, Kim Song Min, believes that more and more North Koreans are secretly tuning in. Kim is also a defector. A former propagandist for the North Korean army, Kim says he collected an illegal radio on one of his patrols. He was curious, so he turned, uh, tuned in to a South Korean broadcast. The program centered on the leader of North Korea, Kim Jong-il. He says it was meant to dispel the myths surrounding the leader, including the story of Kim Jong-il's birth. North Koreans were taught to believe that Kim Jong-il was born on Mount Paid. To Pedku, considered sacred in Korean history, but the radio program Kim heard that day said Kim Jong-il was born in the Soviet Union. Kim then started to doubt everything he was taught to believe. And the more he listened, the more he was convinced that he had to leave the country. What an amazing personal story that this yeah. man was a propagandist for the, the North Korean military came across an illegal radio, just got curious to what he could tune in he on. He began it. to hear things that rang true with him. Right. And he acted on it. So it really mm. just it really goes to show we can talk more about the, the station here in a moment, but it just goes to show that a little bit of information can help turn around even those who are well indoctrinated into whatever system it is that you're looking at, which is why it's evidence like this that backs up when I say that it will not take as long to undo all of the the propaganda that has been inculcated into the minds of Americans and people around the world. Especially when you do it the way you guys do it, in an entertaining way, it's it's not aggressive, you receive calls from people who want to sound off on stuff, if 
if occasionally somebody brings up something sort of quirky or weird or whatever, you guys handle it great. And and you do so many things on the Internet that make it such a good package for people. It's great. And, and obviously there are lots of other people out there who are doing their own things with blogs and trying to do local cable access TV here in New Hampshire or wherever. And it, it will grow. There, it, it can do nothing but grow. Exactly. Unless, because unless, the message is true. It's powerful. Yeah, it unless makes sense. they bring up the fairness doctrine for talk radio. That won't. That won't. I mean, I how could that affect will. us? I don't understand. I don't really understand how the fairness doctrine exactly works. There's the first problem. And... You won't. They aren't going to create the fairness doctrine the same way they did before. Right. It'll be different. Exactly. So you could expect something new and different, and likely. Right. I, and I don't know what it's going to be like. But do you want to see limits on the um, on broadcasting in the United States? Do you want to see limits on what people can say? There will never be ones? limits. We'll just put up pirate transmitters. We'll do whatever we Who's have to we? do. We who care about freedom. We will put up pirate Activists. transmitters. Activists will start putting up pirate radio stations do you if see it gets it, that bad. Do you see a lot of people um, act, you know, being activists in areas uh, that are being cracked down in the United States? How about the TSA? Do you see a lot of people uh, protesting the TSA? No, I don't. No, you're no. not going to see pri- pri- pirate broadcasting anywhere but New Hampshire. Well, I don't understand what all the hand-wringing is all about. I mean, the fact is the FCC is going to change whatever the hell they're going to change, and there's nothing we can do about it. Well, it, it depends on who's in office as to whether or not they're going to change it. Do you think the Republicans are going to change talk radio currently? I Probably not. No, probably there not. you go. That's what the hand-wringing is about. Because Democrats are getting their butts handed to them um, in, in, ta- in the it's world of true, talk radio. Uh, Ed, uh, Ed Schultz doing just fine for himself. Not, not compared to Rush Limbaugh. Not compared to the top, anybody Limbaugh's in the top 10 Republicans. That's not fair to compare You take the Limbaugh. top ten Republicans, compare um, Ed Schultz to them. He's fine and everything, I'm not saying, but he's just not as good. And it's it's not as easy of a uh, format to, you know, it's not, it's not the, it doesn't have the listenership and it doesn't, and it's well, not as anyway, easy of a format to, uh, I didn't really you know, want to talk about the fairness doctrine. Well, every time you open your mouth on it, you sound like an idiot. I'm sorry. So you're going to vote for uh, John McCain then, Mark, to keep the fairness uh, doctrine away? I I don't think I can. All right, so then what's the relevance <laughs> of the conversation? I'm scared. Okay, well, deal with it. Anyway, in 96, uh, Kim said he made a per- perilous escape by crossing the North Korean-Chinese border only to be caught by North Korean soldiers while trying to board a ship to South Korea. He was sent back to North Korea but escaped once again by jumping off a train. For days, he hid in the Chinese countryside, eating roots and grass to survive wow. before finally settling in a nearby town. Three years later, he made his way to South Korea where he started Free North Korea Radio in 2004. Uh, he says North Koreans need food, but they also need food for their minds. Otherwise, they'll continue to have deformed children, and they will be people with deformed minds. His program is three hours long, but Kim hopes to expand it to five hours daily, broadcasting during evenings and late night when he believes that most North Koreans are able to tune in. But running a radio station is expensive, and uh, they, re- they rely on donations from the South Korean citizens, and unfortunately they get a uh, grant from... Washington and the National Endowment for Democracy. Oh, so geez. certainly not the uh, the best business plan behind them, but uh, nonetheless interesting to talk about how effective one radio program can be or just a little bit of information can be. And again, I say that it will not be – it took the government decades – to successfully indoctrinate people with pro-state, pro-government beliefs. And it will not take decades to reverse it all. It will only take a matter of weeks if enough people get enough uh, information into their diet. And stay consistent and stay positive. There you go. It has been Ian here with you. And Guard. And Mark. We can turn this around, and all the evidence says it won't take that long. But we do need to concentrate our efforts. That's why the Free State Project is going to be such a success. Go look into that a little bit more, and we'll see you tomorrow night. In the meantime, at freetalklive.com.
You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.